0: from Luton Police Station and was described as gripping and masterful by the Daily Telegraph and slick and fascinating in The Independent. David Cameron has pledged that if the Conservatives win the next election, by 2020 everyone will have access to a GP seven days a week. The Prime Minister says a further £100 million will be invested to ensure more people can see a doctor every day between eight in the morning and eight in the evening. More from Hugh Pym. A year ago, David Cameron said he wanted to see more
1: Flexible opening hours at GP surgeries to fit in with patients' family and work life, the fifty million pound fund, which started in April this year, was available to practices which
2: came up with innovative uses of technology and collaboration to allow weekend opening. One hundred million will now be committed for next year. And after that, Mr Cameron will say if
0: re-elected, there'd be more money to allow seven-day-a-week access for all patients across England by 2020. The Home Secretary, Theresa May, will outline proposals to clamp down on Islamic extremism when she speaks today at the Tory party conference in Birmingham. Meanwhile, it's thought a 15-year-old girl from Bristol may be travelling to Syria to reach the group Islamic State. An £11 million link road for Aylesbury is being opened officially this morning after over a year in construction. The ribbon will be cut. On the 2.9 kilometre road, which connects the A41 at Berryfields with the A413 at Buckingham Park, motorists will be able to use it from midday. Today's the last day to comment on the compensation scheme for people living close to the proposed HS2 railway line through Buckinghamshire. Campaign groups claim more than 170,000 homes are blighted by the route, but only 3,000 are likely to get compensation. Emma Crane from the High Speed 2 Action Alliance says people must register their objections.
3: The compensation that the government is offering is not at all fair and it's not proportionate to the losses that
0: people are suffering. In Sport, Watford begin life under new head coach Coach Billy McGinley tonight as they host Brentford at Vicarage Road. McGinley was appointed yesterday after Oscar Garcia's decision to step down due to health reasons after just twenty-seven days in charge. The weather mostly dry with some sunny spells, a maximum temperature twenty degrees Celsius, and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties.
4: Today on BBC Three Counties Radio. From Nine. The JVS Show. With the big
5: phone-in, the hottest topic of the day, and your consumer problems. From Twelve.
4: Nick Coffer.
5: Bedfordshire author Bernard O'Connor talks about his new book, Agent Rose, which tells the story of Britain's forgotten wartime heroine. From Three.
4: Roberto Peroni.
1: I'm here with a roundup of the day's news, the latest travel, and your stories. From Seven. Three Counties Sport. With live commentary on Watford versus Brentford.
4: Today. On BBC Three Counties Radio
2: Morning. No comment. No comment. No comment. I'll give you some comment. Coming up on the show this morning, elderly care failings. Did you watch 24 Hours in Police Custody last night? Twas your homework. Kelly Bates. did you do your homework? No comment. Catherine Boyle, did you do your homework? No comment. Thank you very much indeed. Did you do your homework, dear listener? And also, loose lips lands counselor in hot water. Not literally, that would be Horrific.
6: Those lips would have to be really loose. Oy. And why would you do that so close to scalding
2: water? I know. I mean, guys, seriously. Hey, if you want to take part in the show, could you? Would you? I get paid. You do it for the love. 08459 four double five five double five. Across beds, hearts and bucks.
7: This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Um. <sighs> Sorry.
2: Well, that's us definitely guaranteed not winning another Sony Award or any of the Gillards. Uh, it's an odd show today. We did set you home... We did set you home, at listener, to watch uh, 24 Hours in Police Custody, the Channel 4 documentary series about... You having fun there, Catherine, because no one else is. Trying to do it a serious bit now. What's your beef? You're my beef. I'm
6: not your beef.
2: You're my Yorkshire pudding. <laughs> <laughs>
6: That's actually funny! Yeah, except I'm from Lancashire, but nice try.
2: Yeah, you on, you me Lancashire Hot Pop. Aww. Can I dip my bread in? No. Um, oh. Uh, did you watch it last night? What did you <laughs> think? think? Not you, Catherine or Kelly, I'm talking to the listener. You I watched call
8: her it. I'm now, I've got one right
2: now. W- about what? About
8: this. Really? Yeah.
2: This is unprecedented, I yeah. No. F- Let's go straight into the calls. Who is
8: it? <laughs> Andrew in Bedford. Let's go straight. Andrew.
2: Andrew. He's up early. Cheeky little sausage. Let's go straight into the calls. This is unprecedented. Also, I should warn you. This is what
6: happens when you set homework. We should you, do it all the time.
2: We should do. I've, I, we should warn the listeners as well. Um, if they're out and about in Luton, they may be accosted by a giant monkey.
6: Yeah, he's not wearing it yet. Is he not? No, but he has spoken to someone already this morning. We're going to be speaking to Justin about (sighs) ten minutes. Justin Dealey is
2: going out in a monkey onesie later on. It is the most horrific thing.
6: I'm insisting that he's wearing clothes underneath it this time. He's definitely
2: got pants on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Andrew's in Bedford. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning, Ian. Did you watch 24 Hours in Police Custody starring Luton Police? I did. I did my homework. And what did you think of it, sir? Oh, a boring program. I what? don't know how critics can describe
9: it as gripping because for, for, for most of it, it was just a bloke answering questions with no
2: comment. Yes. No comment. You obviously must have seen some of it. You know, she wouldn't have been making that those remarks at the beginning of your program. We saw the whole thing, Catherine and I saw it yesterday online before Ollie Martin's, the Police and Crime Commissioner for Bedfordshire, uh, and I thought that Catherine, I, don't, I thought the whole no comment thing. It was like a game of chess. It was wonderful, I loved wasn't
6: it? it? I loved it. And the more I think about it afterwards, the more I realise how skillfully that was done.
2: You're disappointed, Andrew, because it wasn't like um, Columbo or something. Or the smoked...
6: Sweeney. Yeah. yeah. I mean,
2: I mean, I knew from I knew from the start that that, that they wouldn't be showing anything
9: juicy because these programmes, they, they they say that the police have been open and that, and, and well, I can't say that they weren't. But I mean, there's so many legal restraints put on
2: it. You you don't get the juicy bit. You got the ju- we got. We got a fella who was accused, arrested, charged and found innocent of being involved in a murder. We got that. That was so... with The whole journey from him, from them going into his house, finding the box, bringing up the box that several hours yeah. later. Then at the end you find out he, he had nothing to do with it. Brilliant. No, no, you didn't find out in the end he had nothing. Well, then we did. We found out he was He, was he got innocent. cleared. He got cleared. What was the... Can, can I just say, by the way, dear listener, let's tread very carefully, OK? He got cleared and that's fine by me. Uh, it... What was there not to love about that? I thought, yes, it was slow, but guess what? TV programmes used to be slow. We're, we're also used to, um, you know, like Backstreet Boys and Rihanna videos where everything's really fast cuts. I
6: didn't think it was that slow. It came to about quarter past three and normally I've got to go and pick up my daughter and yeah. I thought, oh, she could stand outside yeah. another ten minutes, can't she, so I can watch the end of this? I mean, I, of course I went and collected her, but I was tempted. Well. It was compelling stuff. How can you not like
2: it? Dear listener, your thoughts, please. 24 hours in police custody. What did you reckon? 08459 455555 555. <laughs> And saluting the monkeys As it's announced the new monkeys box set is being released Ladies and gentlemen, I've just put my order in There are only 4,000 copies being printed Oh I've put in my order for 4,000 copies
10: Exciting
2: time uh, If you saw that programme last night, do give us a call 08459 555 uh, I was surprised Andrew found it a little bit dull But never mind, we'll it's talk about that a bit later on Meanwhile, an elderly Parkinson's and dementia sufferer was not given his medication for the duration of his two-month stay at a Bedford care home. Quite shocking, this. It's according to a social services report into the treatment of James Stewart. The 84-year-old was admitted to the Manton Heights care home at the beginning of February and died at the end of April. His daughter has lodged a complaint with the Care Quality Commission. Well, Catherine Boyle joins me in the studio. Uh, This sounds... Absolutely awful. How could this happen?
6: Well, we've had a look at the social services report. Mr James was taken into hospital just before Easter, and it was only then that his family say that they discovered that during his time at the care home, which cost £800 a week, they'd been admitting to give him his prescribed Parkinson's medication. Gosh. Now, Mr Stewart died on the 21st of April. Social Services launched an investigation and wrote a report which has been seen by Three Counties Radio, as I said, and it was signed off earlier this month. The report concludes that staff had not been following the correct policies and procedures and Mr Stewart indeed not received his Parkinson's medication for the whole of his stay. It had been missed off his list of medication from day one. The report also found that the home was negligent in other aspects of his care, notably this incident where his false teeth became lodged in his throat one day, something the home said in the report they were not aware of, and as such, that incident wasn't logged. Uh,
2: the Care Quality Commission, the health watchdog, what have they done?
6: It carried out an inspection on the 3rd and the 8th of April following concerns about the medication systems in place within the home, so that ended up being a couple of weeks before Mr Stewart died. It identified significant issues relating to the chaotic processes for the administration ordering and reordering of medicines. Systems in in place were not effective and meant that staff were not fully aware of their responsibilities in respect to medication ordering stock control administration recording and disposal and um, areas of concern were also identified with respect to low staff numbers and the quality monitoring processes in place there the cqc asked the home to address these issues on a visit in june no improvements had been made at all and it wasn't until August that the CQC was finally satisfied. Uh, uh,
2: in the meantime, though, staff have been suspended and a ward shut down, is that right?
6: Yeah, that was after the inspection in, in April and this damning report which followed in May, the nursing units being closed and the residential units being closely monitored. Rank Care, the operators of the home, told social services that the manager who was in place at the time of Mr. Stewart's admission is no longer in post, along with the deputy manager and a number of the senior carers and senior nurses. Um, here's a statement from Bedford Borough Council. Following an inspection, by the CQC, were aware of concerns around the provision of nursing care at the privately run Manton Heights Carlton Unit, South Essex Partnership Univer- University NHS Federation Trust or SEPT, have been asked to provide nursing care in the interim. The local authority and the CCG are transferring nursing clients to an alternative provision, and we are liaising with relatives and will ensure maximum support to clients throughout the transfer. Non-nursing residents are unaffected by this move. Both the council and the CQC will hold discussions with Manton Heights Carlton Unit in order to ensure the necessary improvements we've already offered support from our quality standards review
2: team and there's an inquest this week isn't there yes
6: that's tomorrow that's when it begins the inquest into the death of james stewart that will be held at Amptill coroner's court and the coroner is according to mr stewart's daughter trying to get rank care to attend trying The regional manager for Rank Care, Sandra Bensley, we are told, is not contactable by phone. So we sent her an email, but Mm. she replied some hours later saying um, they were unable to comment. Um, But at 7 o'clock we'll be talking to Kirsty Bourne, that's Mr Stewart's daughter.
2: It's 2014, isn't it? Have I got that right? Yeah. How can you be uh, not contactable by phone in 2014?
6: We contacted her by email. She contacted us back to say that she wouldn't be able to talk to us.
2: Gosh. (laughs)
11: Well, so far this morning, checking on the major routes and not seeing any major problems or delays on the M1 or the A1M. The M25, building a little bit between Junction 25 for Enfield and Junction 27, the M11. That's due to those major roadworks continuing there. Just getting in that it's building up a bit on the Great North Road just at the Black Cat roundabouts. Also major roadworks continuing there. So far, the departure boards for the trains not showing any delays. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio.
2: Yes, Nicola! Ah. that's how you do travel guys that is how you defeat Ian on the M1 that's how you do it Richards you are back in the game excellent stuff top marks 6.16 it's um, Tuesday the 30th of September I'm Ian Lee these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio A report has revealed that an elderly man who had Parkinson's disease and dementia died after not receiving his medication for the whole duration of his stay at a care home in Bedford. Television critics have praised the new documentary about Bedfordshire Police, which aired for the first time on Channel 4 last night. And in sport, Watford's third head coach of the season, Billy McKinley, takes charge for tonight's home game against Brentford. Come on, you footballers! BBC
4: Three Counties Radio.
2: Ah, ah, Nick Coffer.
4: Every weekday from 12, Nick Coffer brings you... BBC
2: Three Counties, Red. Right? I've got some great interviews coming up. He was in the trenches in, in France and he was shot. We both look at each other in amazement and can't believe how far we've come with the company and we love it. We love every day that we do the cakes. Nick
11: Coffer. We're telling people, go out and find about your family story and come back and pay tribute to them in, in a way that is a living, breathing
12: legacy. We've got a strong local link, hasn't it? A strong local link. Amy Merritt, she's originally from New Zealand, now settled in Buckinghamshire. Nick Coffer. I think it could be brilliant.
4: Weekdays from 12 on
2: BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, 08459 four double five five double five is the phone number. You were set homework yesterday. Kelly Betts, did you do your homework? No comment. Catherine Boyle, did you do your homework? Oh, no comment. Your homework, dear listener, was to watch 24 Hours in Police Custody, starring Luton Police. Oh, 08459 four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Catherine, we've got some tweets, have got we? a text. Oh, OK. Uh,
6: sir, sir, I did my homework. Oh, a little creep. It's from Jodie in beds. What were the papers moaning about? The officer's comment about bit of skirt was not offensive in the slightest. No. The officer was calm and concise. I thought the whole programme was well documented and gave us an insight into the criminal justice system as assumptuous members of the general public.
2: Assumptuous, you say? I would see a a doctor about that.
6: I underestimated the solicitor, but that's why he has a personalised number plate and I ride a bike, says Jodie.
2: I, yeah, we did the thing yesterday and I've been caught out before and I was caught out yesterday of talking. About a show that we hadn't seen, and we went with the Daily Mail line that the, um, the 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 reference to a bit of skirt was inappropriate. It wasn't inappropriate, Daily Mail. You guess what, guys? You made up a story.
6: He was trying to get a rise out of a very closed, <sighs> a very closed um, suspect.
2: I think, Catherine. If I ever start to talk about a television show I've never seen, can you stop me? Same as yeah. Because it, it, we get every time. I, I remember. I remember slagging off Splash until I watched it. That's brilliant.
6: Hey, do you know what we've got on our faces this morning?
2: Um, I can see a bit of egg on yours. <laughs>
10: exactly. Yeah, I've got
2: some of mine. I've got yeah. some of mine. Yeah, a tiny oh, bit. Oh man, I'm alive! Kelly's making her own jokes over there. Thank you very much, uh, indeed, Kelly. Oh, 455 four double five five double five. Did you watch the show last night? Your thoughts, please.
13: Venus must have heard my plea. She has sent someone along for me. <laughs> Some
2: Just in oh long, long live love. Ooh, we were just saying here, Catherine, weren't we? That um, we like Sandy Shaw, mm. but she's not a very good singer. She
12: can't really sing, can she? No, Sandy Shaw can't sing. Not, not
6: really. Really? It's a bit flat.
12: It's a bit late now, guys. She was having number ones back in the 1960s. I know, late
2: late we need feedback. to invent a time machine and go back and shoot her. <laughs> Or no, not her. Hitler.
6: No, it was good. It was sexy style. It sounded Ooh. like just a girl in the street,
2: which was what the idea was, I guess. <laughs> I made myself chuckle with my Hitler-Sandy Shaw confusion. Wow. I think she had charisma will well. Was, she didn't even have much charisma. Oh, come on. She was great. I mean, she was beautiful. Um, and she. I, I, I love Long Live. What was the other big hit she had? Always something in there to remind me. I was born to love you. obviously, we're good singers.
10: So never be free. <laughs> we can recognize Always be a part of me. A singer.
2: Oh whoa whoa whoa. whoa, whoa, whoa. yeah etc. 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 Anyway, et she did well. Yep, she did, didn't she? That's, Fair play. that's Sandy Shaw for you. The Sandy Shaw story. Tomorrow we'll be talking about <laughs> Dusty Springfield. <laughs> now we talked about it yesterday, and Justin, we d- <sighs> I did the thing yesterday that I did with Splash. I slagged off a programme before I'd seen it. A Bad move. Yeah, really bad move. It's never happening again. I'm never doing it again. The documentary, 24 Hours in Police Custody, filmed at Luton Nick. It had its first airing at 9pm yesterday. Uh, I got sent an online link uh, so I could watch it uh, about 2 o'clock yesterday afternoon before Ollie Martins, the Police and Crime Commissioner for Bedfordshire. We don't know if he's seen it yet. We'll be speaking to him later on. Uh, If you missed it, well, shame on you, it was your homework. But the first episode, episode... Focuses on Mahmood Beg, a man on suspicion of conspiracy to murder his brother-in-law Atif Ali. Please come to the door, please.
14: I'm arresting you on suspicion of conspiracy to murder. Do not have to say anything, but you may help me defence If you do not mention when questioned something that relates to line in court, anything you do say may be given in evidence. Do you understand? He's massive, isn't he? Yeah. Big old boy. Mahmood Beg is the brother-in-law. Of main suspect in the conspiracy. An interesting development's just come in. They have found
2: the eight one eight phone box. And on and on it went. Of course he was the uh, he was let me get this right. I got that wrong in the intro, didn't I, Catherine? He was. He was
6: being held on suspicion, suspicion. of conspiracy to murder in the Valley case.
2: Right, that's it. Okay. And his his brother-in-law. Was the
6: main suspect.
2: It was, it, it, listen, we're struggling to explain the whole intricate story this morning. It was a tricky one to follow, wasn't it, Justin? Did you see it? Yes,
12: I did. I have to say, I, th- I think the opening what, 15 minutes of the programme was rather boring. Detective Martin Hart, he, he was the, uh, the main detective in this programme. They almost built him up to be David Brent-like, and I think yesterday in the papers um, that they were talking about him in comparison to David Brent from the office. He came back from his holiday. He was talking about Vegas, but but when he was in that interview room, he was absolutely incredible. And I think anybody who doubts Luton Police Force should be watching that programme on watch again. It was absolutely superb. I it have
2: really to, was. Uh, just have to, obviously have to make it completely clear for those that maybe missed the denouement of the uh, television programme that uh, Mr Baig was cleared of conspiracy to murder mm-hmm. Attie Falley at Luton Crown Court. Uh, in August. Uh, there are, of course, uh, several people who are unhappy with uh, Luton Police Force. We spoke to some of them yesterday. Uh, and I, I did think that it was... I, I didn't think the first 15 minutes was dull. I thought, it was, I thought it was thoroughly exciting. I enjoyed the whole thing, and it was quite slow, but... There's nothing wrong with slow on a television programme if it's gripping. It was gripping, the absolutely. Papers, uh, the the mail kicked up a stink yesterday, didn't they? But th- I, I think that was unfair.
12: Well, some of the other papers uh, this morning, again, congratulating the programme. Some comments for you on Twitter. Uh, Sean Cullen says great to see Lucan on telly. Top programme, you must watch it. Jack Kershaw, though, says um, the fact that Channel 4 have put this programme out and the person was found not guilty
2: in lucan that's crazy. Why did they air this? He's not guilty he would have had to uh, he would have had to i'm pretty sure of uh, given his consent for it to have gone on air i'm sure as well he right. would have had to they would have said look are we okay to put this out and he would have said yes yeah um I, i'm i'm imagining i and don't know he was yeah.
12: interviewed of course at the end as well yep. and um, roger says there roger setchel um absolutely brilliant reality tv the looting le- the luton leading detective is amazing now we have actually been out on the streets this morning for the last what 45 minutes or so it's certainly the talk of luton most people People haven't seen it yet, because obviously people getting up for work early, yeah. most people are going to be watching it later on today, they know about it, they've recorded it, but I did find one person who saw the programme, who had some interesting words to say. Listen to this. Well, as a Lutonian, somebody who, who lives in this town, watching your town on TV last night, what did you make of the programme? It was interesting, but at the same time, like, is it's giving the place a bad, like, bad publicity, but at the same time it's interesting to know what's actually happening. And after watching that program last night, do you now have more faith in the local police force here? I've never really trusted the police, to be honest. Never. I'm not a friend of the police. After watching that last night, has that trust improved at all?
2: Nah, still don't trust them. Justin, thank you very much. We'll speak to. uh, Can we speak to you about uh, just before ten to seven? Yeah, I'll be in my costume. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm. I yeah. Okay. Thanks very much indeed. Um, That young gentleman there speaking to Justin saying it gave the police a bad impression. I didn't see that. I didn't see that. Me neither. I thought it was good. I liked the... um, What was that thing? The cock of justice. (laughs) I thought that was good. Uh, I enjoyed it.
6: I really enjoyed it.
2: Part of me feels I should phone up Colette Paul and apologise for giving her a rough...
6: She'd seen it. We hadn't.
2: Yeah, I I know. Again... I, I, I was thinking yes, sir. Oh, I should send her an email. Apologise for giving her a rough no, ride. No, why?
6: No, she defended herself. She did defend she herself. She exactly what she'd done.
2: Colette Paul knows. Yes, she's 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 very good. Well, Oli Martins is coming in later on. Do we know if he's seen it yet? He I was going to Sky Plus it, wasn't he?
6: Yeah, I'm hoping he's seen it.
2: Okay,
10: I'll I
6: about that
8: guy's holiday in Vegas. Did he go to Vegas? Yeah, it's Vegas. Did so he? With his wife and another couple. Didn't
6: mention it, did he?
2: But it wasn't what? made clear where they'd gone to. He should have. He should really have dwelled on that a bit more. I think.
11: Starting to build up a bit on the Great North Road on the speed sensors this morning, just at the Black Cat roundabout. So far, the M1's moving rather well. Do expect some delays on the M25 between Junction 25 for Enfield and Junction 27, the M11, as those major roadworks continue there. Also, a lane close on the M40 just at Junction 5 for Stoke and Church as bridge maintenance work continues there. And in East Barnet, there's some junction improvements taking place just on Brookhill Road at Cat Hill, so do expect delays as temporary traffic lights are in place at the moment. So far, there's no reported problems on the trains. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio.
2: You are on fire this morning, girlfriend! <laughs> How are you doing it? Uh you know, just living the dream. This is awesome, Travs! Awesome, Travs!
7: Across beds, hearts and bugs.
4: This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: Mid 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. A report has revealed that an elderly man who had Parkinson's disease and dementia died after not receiving his medication for the whole duration of his stay at a care home in Bedford. Television critics have praised the new documentary about Bedfordshire Police, which aired for the first time on Channel 4 last night. David Cameron has pledged that if the Conservatives win the next election, by 2020, everyone will have access to a GP seven days a week and an £11 million road link for... Aylesbury is being officially opened this morning after over a year in construction. Three Counties Sports.
4: BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: Watford begin life under new head coach Billy McGinley tonight as they host Brentford at Vicarage Road. McGinley was appointed yesterday after Oscar Garcia's decision to step down due to health reasons after just 27 days in charge. And McGinley, the Hornets' third head coach this season, says he's looking forward to his first game.
15: Listen, you have got to hit the ground running. You know, you've worked in 10 years to get the experience and get the, the the attributes to be able to do the job to the best the best you can. You know, so you we're know, looking, thoroughly excited about it, looking forward to it you know and hopefully you know we, we can we can be successful so it'll be a good atmosphere good game and we're looking to go off to, to the right start
0: And there's full commentary on Watford versus Brentford in tonight's 3 Counties sport from seven. Also tonight, the Champions League resumes with Manchester City at home to Roma and Chelsea away to Sporting Lisbon. The Newcastle manager Alan Pardew is under increasing pressure after a 1-0 defeat at Stoke last night. The club's owner, Mike Ashley, had joked with a newspaper reporter that Pardew would be sacked if he failed to win, but Pardew is refusing to stand down.
15: There's obviously a lot of
2: pressure on me. And uh, that's probably reflected uh, in the team a little
15: bit. But I've got to be strong and uh, show that I'm resilient. I think we showed that there's enough fight in the team and there's enough discipline in the team. It's just that bit of quality we're lacking.
0: And Andy Murray plays his first round match at the ATP event in Beijing this morning. Murray is bidding to qualify for the end of season World Tour finals in London. BBC Three Counties News and sports. The next full bulletin is at seven.
4: If you hear a whisper... Give us a oh, show, please. Stanley. BBC Three Counties Radio. I thought we'd thrown that out.
2: I wondered what this was about, yes. I saw this on Twitter. Someone tweeted a picture of the Crankies to uh, Donald Trump and I thought, what is this about? Well, it's um, kind of in the papers. Uh, tycoon Donald Trump. He's the fellow with the, the cloud for a hair, yes. isn't he? He's so rich he can afford to buy a cloud and have it installed on his head. Well, he's got the
6: cloud to go with the tower.
2: Yep. Yeah, he has, is not he? Yeah. Sometimes he has a meringue. Yeah. Tycoon, cloud haired tycoon, brackets, sometimes he has a meringue, close brackets, Donald Trump. It's was like
6: a tricked. shredded wheat.
2: That's the fella. Oh, I'm thinking of, yeah, I'm thinking of someone else. Shredded wheat haired tycoon, <laughs> Donald Trump, was tricked, they should have put Trumped, into posting an inspirational picture of killers Fred and Rose West on Twitter. Yeah. A prankster sent him a snap of the pair and said, Oh, God, this is terrible. Having read a book about the West... i read that. You, oh, boy, that's a book I wish I'd never ha- read. Was
6: it Happy Like Murderers? Uh,
2: um, yeah. Oh, wow, that... I yes, wish I'd was... never read that. Anyway, a prankster sent him a snap of the pair and said, my parents who passed away always said you were a big inspiration. He begged the US billionaire, can you please retweet for their memory?
6: And he did.
2: Trump, 68, who has a wheatabix for his hair... No, shredded wheat retweeted the image of the Gloucester murderers to 2.7 million followers, unaware who they were. Yeah,
6: but did you find out... When he found out what happened...
2: What, did he go and buy a, saw it on, uh, an uh, island B- in Scotland? BBC a News
6: Online, he said, I might too. You're not going to sue. He's not gonna sue. You're not going to
2: This is sue. the thing. Um, here's something. I almost never... I've done it three times. I never retweet, hey, I'm... I'm um, uh, doing the five-mile run for uh, my mum's cancer. Could you retweet, please? Hey, and my son's got um, really, really bad disease. And I'm trying, could you retweet? I never retweet. Is that bad of me?
6: Well, I think it's possibly responsible of you. If you don't know, why on earth I would you be do, endorsing that?
2: I never do any of those. Um, this child has been missing since um, August the 27th. Please retweet. I never do any of those because I, I think an element of it is bandwagon jumping an element of it? Uh, for for you know, in inverted commas, celebrities is to look good, to look like they're taking part. Uh, and I don't, I, I don't really know what good it would do. What good does putting a picture of a missing girl on Twitter do? Has any uh, uh, prove me wrong? Have any missing children been found because their picture has been tweeted a lot? Mm. I don't know. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Speaking of, of almost of which. I meant to mention this yesterday. So, you know, um the woman over the road doesn't like it when parcels get delivered there. Yeah. Right. She doesn't she doesn't like it and I've been, She's
6: not said as much, but she makes it quite clear with her body language she's made and,
2: it, and face. She's very very frosty when it, it doesn't happen very often. It Happened a bit over Christmas last year. But um she doesn't like parcels for me being delivered there. Okay. This is the house opposite. My wife went to get a parcel from the house next door and they actually said to her, could you um, could you not get parcels delivered here please? Sorry.
6: But you haven't been directing them to... No.
2: She said, could you not get parcels delivered here, please? Because we're not often in and it's a bit inconvenient.
6: Well, if you're not in, then they won't leave it there, will they?
2: And she, my wife came out and I got really angry. First of all, it's not our responsibility. It's your responsibility. When someone comes from DFL or from the post... Or you say, no, thanks. I'd rather not. I'm could not- you take this parcel... No, thanks. It's your response, not ours. We don't get... We put our address on there when we get stuff ordered off Amazon and eBay.
6: There's your mistake. Stop putting theirs on.
2: <laughs> this is the thing. So, A... You can get knotted because it's your responsibility. And B, for flip's sake, how miserable is that? How much effort is it for you to go, okay, and you put a little box in in your porch and then a few hours later you get a knock on the door, oh, is this yours? Uh, that's f- about 48 seconds of your life you've you've wasted I helping quite, someone. I quite
6: like doing it because I know that my neighbours would do it for me.
2: Never once... Am I being wrong on this? 08459 45555. I might send just out on this later. Never once, ever, have I received a parcel for someone next door and gone, Oh, flip. Oh, oh. Yeah, go on then. Never. It's always been, yeah, OK, sure. And I've, I'm even quite happy. No one else does this. I, mean, if I even if, if it's been there a couple of days later, I'll pop round to their house and, oh, and try and deliver it for them.
6: Mine won't be there, because I'll watch the car come in and I'll go out and meet them in the street. Yes.
2: Well, I, I could... I was so angry. And we had the back door open, and, and they were, I think they may have been in the garden, and I was berating Good. them quite loud. How rude. 21st century Britain, guys. Yeah, could you could you tell them not to deliver parcels in him? We're putting, our, we're putting number 68 on! We're putting our address on!
6: Hey, I suppose a cup of sugar's out of the question.
2: <laughs> no comment. What you got in the papers?
6: Um, loads of stuff. There's some um, nonsense in the Daily Mail about working out whether you've got a male brain or a female nonsense brain. Do we really believe Daily that um, wow. these days? Yeah. Apparently that's still... Men
2: are from Mars, women are from Mars, and men are from uh, Venus.
6: Or, or, or we're all kind of the same, let's just... Uh... Not be idiots about it. Hey, Kels, Kels, Kels. I'm going to write a very short article called Don't Be a Div. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm glad you're going to call it that. Kels, yeah. do you want to hear a funny story?
8: No comment.
2: Oh. Do you like roller coasters?
8: No comment. Okay. Oh, it's not a funny story. This is brilliant. It's a
2: gory story. This is brilliant. you like this. You ready? Okay.
13: Yeah.
2: <clears throat> Horrified roller coaster riders
13: yeah.
2: were splattered with blood when the train hit and killed a deer.
8: Do you know? I've thought of this before. When I'm on a roller coaster, I get scared that I'm going to headbutt a bird <laughs> or swallow a wasp. Okay. I'm surprised that, that this is the first story that I've heard of it.
2: The animal was decapitated by the 50 Ooh. miles per hour ultimate ride at Lightwater Valley Park, North York, on Saturday. One witness. Is... One witness, a dad of two from Howden, said there was screaming.
8: That's not very nice. It's a roller coaster
2: ride. Of course there was screaming, guys. I wanted to go faster. <laughs> but imagine... You're on a, this is horrible. But imagine if you're on a roller coaster ride... And then splat, and you get covered in blood. Yuck. Ooh. Oh, you're not laughing as hysterically as I thought you might do with that... Uh...
8: No. It's a deer, isn't it? It's a
2: life. It was... OK, it was a cat.
8: If, if it hit like a murderer... If the deer had murdered someone, then maybe I'd laugh a little bit more.
2: Yeah, cos deer murder's funny. Weird pervert. Well, tell me about this men, men and women's brains then. I can't, it's nonsense. I've got um, a man's brain. Yeah. In a box under the stairs.
6: Oh, yowch. Oh, <laughs> Hang on, let's have a look then. Let's give it look. maybe this is a scientific. Let's give thing. it
2: a bit of respect because someone has is. bothered to write those words. Maybe
6: this isn't just bunkum. Hang on.
2: Would you, would you take parcels for a next door neighbour, Kells? Yeah,
6: of course I would. Can you believe
8: how. Imagine mis- it.
2: What? Mm? Can you believe how miserable. The peop- they must be next door to me not to take parcels.
8: I know. <gasps> Ooh. They've it's done it's it like
6: th- really not that much effort.
8: They've
2: done it four times in the eight, 20 months I've lived there. It's
6: quite a lot, actually. Oh, yeah, fair point. Um, if you were to um, be honest, do you think I've got a male brain or a female brain?
2: Well, you've got a male body, so I'm going to kind of <laughs> assume you've got a male brain.
6: Sit down for a moment, relax, then clasp your hands together so your fingers entwine. Don't overthink it, OK? Now look at your thumbs. I which, hope you're
2: doing this at home, guys. Which
6: one is on the top, the left one or the right? The left. If you're a man, the odds are it will be the left.
2: Yeah, I'm a man! You're a man! I know! Kelly's showing us her uh, thumb configuration. If you're a woman,
6: it's probably the right.
2: What does it mean if, you're, if they're not on top of each other?
8: My she- side by side. Oh, uh, deviant.
6: Means you, yeah, weirdo. Weirdo.
8: Oh, thanks,
6: guys.
2: Meet your um, bisexual.
6: Now unfold your hands and take a look at your fingers, in particular your index finger. That's Which the one one's that? next to your thumb. Your okay. P- Peter pointer. Peter pointer. And your ring finger. Yeah. It can be quite subtle, but in men, the ring finger, measured from the crease where it joins the hand, is likely to be longer than the index finger. Incorrect
2: data. My my ring finger is shorter.
8: Yeah,
6: same. What's this got to do with In brains? Women, yeah. This is hands. I know. In women, they're typically the same length. No, they're not. Like, no. You,
2: but I mean, you've you've got other things Media that enough. women shouldn't have.
6: Yeah. It's, oh, it's just nonsense. Strangely enough, your hands give clues to what is sometimes called brain sex. Yeah. Only on this page. Brain sex, guys. <laughs>
2: it's it's six forty-one on
16: a Tuesday. <laughs> Like moosey
9: peas.
11: Three Counties Radio on the M25 heading clockwise between Junction 24 for Potter's Bar and Junction 25 for Enfield. That's heading into the Roadworks area there. Anti-clockwise on the M25 starting to build on the sensors at the moment between Junction 21 for the M1 and Junction 20 at Kings Langley. Building a little bit in Park Street on the A414 just around Park Street roundabouts as a lane closed on the M40 just a junction at Junction 5 for Stoke and Church. That's due to some bridge maintenance work that's continuing. No reported problems or delays to the trains at e. Clinch Richards BBC3 County
2: oh, Radio Come on
10: yes. guys yes, yes. yes. Woo! yes. yes. Woo! Nicola
2: <laughs> <laughs> You are you are total What what have you been drinking this morning Oh I couldn't possibly say Nicola thank She's so good so good Good juice did you good say juice, Good yeah. juice Yeah What's, that? What's good
8: juice
2: This <sighs> makes you good Hey you got oh, awesome stuff Awesome <laughs> it's Tuesday the 30th September, the last day of September. I'm Ian Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A report has revealed that an elderly man who had Parkinson's disease and dementia died after not receiving his medication for the whole duration of his stay at a care home in Bedford. Television critics have praised the new documentary about Bedfordshire Police, which aired for the first time on Channel 4 last night. And in sport, Watford's third head coach of the season, Billy McKinley, takes charge for tonight's home game against Brentford. Let's get the weather. Here's Georgina.
17: (laughs) Beds, hearts, and Bucks weather.
2: BBC Three Counties Radio.
17: Hello there. Well, a fair amount of cloud around to start off the day and some mist in places as well. But once the sun comes up, we start to see sunny spells fairly early on and they just improve through the day. So by this afternoon, we've got uh, longer sunny intervals. But there are a few isolated showers around as well throughout the day. Not all of us seeing them. And although it's really quite warm though still with highs of 20 degrees Celsius. Now, tonight it clouds over. We've got some patchy rain pushing eastwards with lows of 13 degrees and tomorrow quite bright in the west so the, the further west you are the brighter the day will be to begin but further east you are the cloudier it's going to be so um, through the day it does improve it does brighten up by the afternoon but we're still holding on to a lot of cloud in certain places and um, even then but uh, it is at least looking largely dry for tomorrow with temperatures reaching about 19 degrees Celsius now is looking largely dry but uh, a possibility of a few light showers Friday Friday, dry and bright by day, but wet and windy by night, and then Saturday it's really going to start feeling autumnal at last um, with a cooler, fresher feel. That's your latest forecast
12: tonight. Three county sports is coming from Vickery Drove.
10: Restored-
0: There's live action
12: from the Championship as the Hornets host Brentford.
7: In front of our fans, uh, we hope to give them uh, another, another victory. Watford
12: versus Brentford, live in Three Counties Sport.
10: And Watford score a second and
2: surely seal the points here.
12: Tonight from seven, here on BBC Three Counties Radio.
2: Ian Lee, Catherine Boyle, Kelly Betts, Dave from Luton... Dave, yes, yeah, fine. Thank you. Good morning, boss. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you, milady. Yeah, I'm, I'm a man. Thank you. Excuse me, I'm a man. Can you prove that? Well, come here. Would you what? Well, come here. You come here. No, you come here. Actually, Bill. don't come anywhere. What can we do for no. you? At long last! At long last! You played the best record this morning, just now.
18: Oh! On Free counties oh. radio in the morning. Oh!
5: Yeah, I know
2: exactly what record you mean. You mean this?
19: Did. Zulch. Mr. Davulina, Mr. Bob Davulina, Mr. Dabalina. <laughs> do you mean this one? No, no, not
2: that. You. Do you mean? Fool. Do you mean this one? Do you mean, do you mean, oh, I know the one you, oh, the one we just played? Yeah. Oh, this one.
16: Do you have to put that in my ear first thing in the morning? (laughs) Who's there with you, Dave?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Which, which one do you mean? First Aid Kit, you just played... Oh, this one!
16: No. No? Um, this one. (laughs) Hey, everybody, gather round. (laughs) Do you mean that one? Yeah, mate, you can play that one as well, if you like. That's Elvis.
2: Which one do you mean? I'm confused. First aid kit. This one? Oh, yeah.
5: I'm so confused. You can play that one as well, Johnny and the American.
2: Do you mean this
5: one?
7: You travel music.
2: What? Oh. You dick stick. I know what you mean. Do you want to hear it again? Should we play it again? The first aid kit. Do you want to introduce it, Dave? No, yeah, the first day kit,
16: Emmy Lou, yeah.
20: you before the second show Your guitar It sounds so sweet and clear But you're not really It's just the rain
2: All, right. all it is is the escape key and the enter key. The two least... You, oh, no, the escape key is really important. You all right, Just? Hey, boss, good morning. Good morning to you, my love. How are you? Fix the computer, so I'm. Uh, that'll be £87 plus VAT, please. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, listen. Mm. Yesterday, we discussed the most... Ma- well, the second most made-up race route I've ever encountered in my life. The Matalan yep. Monkey Scandal. Yeah, two black kids. The question should have been yesterday. I thought about this on the way home. Uh, Often I think of how we could do the show better on the way home. The question should have been, is it okay to dress black kids up as monkeys? That should have been the question. Uh, Anyway, we've moved on from that. It got us talking to onesies uh, uh, as a a topic. Yeah. And you posted a rather disturbing picture
12: on Twitter. Why is it disturbing to see a man in a monkey onesie?
2: What's wrong with that?
6: It wasn't just the fact you were wearing a monkey onesie, although that frankly is enough. It was the fact that you were lying on a bed in a come-hither style.
2: Can you explain yourself?
12: Well, I don't really have to. I think, you know, men these days wear onesies, I was laying on my bed, I took a selfie in a onesie. Guys, come on, get over it. And this morning, I am live on the streets wearing my monkey onesie. Oh, you're not, are
2: you? I am indeed. I saw you brought it in, are you actually going to go out and wear it?
12: I'm wearing it right now. In actual fact, madam, good morning, what's your name? Jessica. Jessica. Um, Can you explain to our listeners how sexy, how incredible this monkey onesie looks?
21: It does look pretty good. And it's fluffy, too, so it's great. Do you want to feel my arms? Oh, yeah. There we go.
12: Thank you very much. So, uh, out of ten, how would you score my onesie?
21: Uh, A good nine.
12: Lovely. Thank you. Have a good day. There you go. Great comps and
2: feedback already. Nine out of ten. Has Justin just pulled there? I think he might. (laughs) I, I, what, just remind me, what was the point of you wearing this out on the street? Well, the reason
12: I haven't had any photographs taken yet this morning is because this is not a publicity stunt. This is just to prove to you... Okay? <laughs> what a massive slum you are. <laughs> no, yeah. it's proof that, that people appreciate onesies. And this morning, I guarantee you, the content that I give to you yep. will be much better because I feel
2: comfy and relaxed. OK. Well... I just, I'm just I'm just confused. What is the content going to be about? Whatever you desire. Mm-hmm. Wh- whatever you get me uh, to go out say on this Don't say that morning.
6: wearing that. Right, here's something, here's something.
2: Oh, hang on a second, my tail's just... OK, yeah. Oh, for goodness sake.
6: See, this is the problem. It's going to get in the way, mm. your, your tail today. Mm. So just think about that.
2: It's that nice zip. We've got yeah. two possible options, Justin. Catherine will present the first one. OK. You ready? I'm ready.
6: Here it comes. Pet owners should be limited to one cat each because Britain's being overrun by moggies. That's according to a feline expert. She said we need to urgently reduce the number of cats we keep. (laughs) There's
2: not that many cats out there. This is
12: fantastic. A reporter on the streets, dressed up as a monkey asking about pussy cats.
2: That works for me. Okay. the other option is... Um, uh, Lazy neighbours I don't know if you heard My next door neighbours Have asked us to stop having Posts and parcels Delivered to their house We don't They're just miserable And they don't like Accepting the parcel I think that's outrageous (sighs) I don't think so I think you know Sorry? I don't think so. What do you mean? We don't live
12: in a society now where it's nine to five. Everyone works different hours. Imagine right. you coming yeah. home from work today. Yeah. Okay, so you've been up since, what, four o'clock in the morning? Yep. And you're having a bit of a snooze, let yep. say one o'clock in the afternoon. Yep. And the doorbell goes, it wakes you up, it's somebody's parcel. Yep. Well, your day's been affected by somebody else. That's not fair.
2: Well, but I, it, it's inconvenient, but I don't mind. Mm. I, I don't mind. There are worse things that one could do. Yeah, so you come into work the next day grumpy uh, because of somebody else's what? parcel. So you don't think that a next-door neighbour should take in a parcel for someone? Uh, not if it's inconvenient, no. It. I've, got, I've got it. Go on.
6: Neighbourly niggles, call me now.
2: <laughs> oh, wait, 459 455 555. Justin, take one of those to the street and we'll yep. speak to you in a little bit. No problem, Cheers boss. Cheers,
7: travel news for beds, hearts and bugs.
11: BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting off at the moment on the M25, heading clockwise. Queuing at the moment on the speed sensors between Junction 24 for Potter's Bar and Junction 25 for Enfield. That's heading into the Roadworks area. Also queuing anti-clockwise between Junction 21 the M1 and 20 at King's Langley. On a camera in Boreham Wood, it's looking rather slow moving on the Barnet Bypass. That's heading southbound between Stirling Corner and Mills Hill Circus and also queuing on the Great Cambridge Road between Bullsmore Lane and Southbury Road, that's on camera as well. So far, no reported problems or delays to the trains. Nicola
2: Richards, BBC oh, County's yes. Road. <laughs> yes! <Woo>! Oh,
20: <laughs> good,
2: good. This is amazing! Oh Nicola! I want to give you a hug! Do it again! No! Do it again! I tell on you court. what! Oh, more! More! More!
0: It's 7 o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines report reveals elderly man died at Bedford Care Home after not receiving medication. TV critics praise Bedfordshire Police documentary and Watford's latest head coach takes charge for the first time tonight. BBC Three Counties Radio. A report has revealed that an elderly man who had Parkinson's disease and dementia died after not receiving his medication for the whole duration of his stay at a care home in Bedford. 84-year-old James Stewart was admitted to the Manton High care home at the beginning of February and died at the end of April. More from Tony Fisher. Social services found the home was negligent in not administering the medication which had been
7: missed off his list from day one of his stay. Following a damning CQC report in May, the nursing unit was closed and staff were suspended by operators of the home Rank
0: Care. An inquest into the death of Mr Stewart takes place tomorrow at Amptill Coroner's Court. Television critics have praised the new documentary about Bedfordshire Police which aired for the first time on Channel 4 last night. 24 Hours in Police Custody features fly on the wall footage from Luton Police Station and was described as gripping and masterful by the Daily Telegraph and slick and fascinating in The Independent. David Cameron will pledge today that everyone will be able to see their GP at a time that suits them seven days a week by 2020 if the Conservatives remain in power. Earlier this year a £50 million pilot scheme saw hundreds of surgeries opening every day in 20 areas. The Prime Minister will today give details of plans to extend the initiative as Hugh Pim- Reports A year ago, David Cameron said he wanted to see more flexible opening hours at GP
1: surgeries to fit in with patients' family and work life. The £50 million fund, which started in April this year, was available to practices which came up with innovative uses of
2: technology and collaboration to allow weekend opening. £100 million will now be committed for next year. And after that, Mr Cameron will say if re-elected, there'd be more
1: money
0: to allow seven-day-a-week access for all patients across England by 2020. The Home Secretary, Theresa May, will outline proposals to clamp down on Islamic extremism when she speaks today at the Tory party conference in Birmingham. Meanwhile, it's thought a 15-year-old girl from Bristol may be travelling to Syria to reach the group Islamic State. An £11 million link road for Aylesbury is being opened officially this morning after over a year in construction. The road connects The A41 at Berryfields with the A413 at Buckingham Park. Motorists will be able to use it from midday. Today is the last day to comment on the compensation scheme for people living close to the proposed HS2 railway line through Buckinghamshire. Campaign groups claim more than 170,000 homes are blighted by the route, but only 3,000 are likely to get compensation. Emma Crane from the High Speed 2 Action Alliance says people must register objections.
3: The compensation that the government is offering is not at all fair and it's not proportionate to the losses that people are suffering.
0: In sport, Watford begin life under their third head coach this season, Billy McGinley, tonight as they host Brentford at Vicarage Road. McGinley was appointed yesterday after Oscar Garcia's decision to step down due to health reasons after just 27 days in charge. The weather mostly dry with some sunny spells, a maximum temperature 20 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties.
4: Today on BBC Three Counties Radio from 9. The JVS show. With the big phone in,
5: the hottest topic of the day, and your consumer problems, from 12.
4: Nick Coffer.
5: Bedfordshire author Bernard O'Connor talks about his new book, Agent Rose, which tells the story of Britain's forgotten wartime heroine, from 3.
4: Roberto Peroni.
1: I'm here with a roundup of the day's news, the latest travel, and your stories. From 7. Three Counties Sport. With live commentary on Watford versus Brentford.
4: Today on BBC Three Counties Radio.
2: Morning! This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's four minutes past seven. It's it's the last it's the last day of September. Producer Catherine Boyle. Oh, who'd have thought? That means it's October. That means my mum is um 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 sixty four on Wednesday.
6: It's, it's nearly half term.
2: That means it's nearly Christmas. Oh, ouch! Yeah. Eee, a busy show uh, this morning. We'll find out uh, quite an incredible story about um, well mistakes that were made in healthcare. We'll also be talking talking to Justin about why on earth he's wearing a onesie. And what was the homework I set the listeners last night?
6: To watch 24 Hours in Police Custody.
2: Did you watch it? Well, did you? Don't phone up and say no comment. Andrew uh, called in earlier. He wasn't keen. He thought it was really boring. He must have been watching the wrong thing. Were we we watching the same programme? I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was slow, but good slow.
6: I was ready for it to be rubbish.
2: Yeah.
6: Disappointed. It was
2: great. Yeah, I know. I was disappointed it was great. Uh, You know, also Ollie Martins, the uh, Bedfordshire Police and Crime Commissioner, will be coming in uh, today did he watch it last night or is he saving it for um, the weekend <laughs> he did he had, I'd seen it before he had I can't believe he wasn't even curious oh, 459 five, 455 double, 555 double,
4: across beds hearts and bucks
2: this is BBC Three Counties Radio Now, a report has revealed that an elderly man who had Parkinson's and dementia didn't receive his medication during his entire two-month stay at a Bedford care home. According to Social Services' Services paperwork, 84-year-old James Stewart was admitted to the Manton Heights at the beginning of February. In April, his condition had declined to the point he was taken to Bedford Hospital. Well, sadly, at the end of that month, he died. And unsurprisingly, his daughter wants answers. Kirsty Bourne joins me now. Morning, Kirsty. Good morning, Ian. First of all, the magnificently named James Stewart. Yes, indeed. What a fantastically <laughs> strong name. Tell me about uh, your dad. What was he like?
22: Um, uh, well, he was my dad and he was very sporty all his life. Um, so uh, tragic for him to get a disease like Parkinson's and then a double whammy with with dementia. Mm. Um I so remember I told the story at his funeral that when he was 70 he said to me that come the day he couldn't hit or kick a ball anymore he was happy to shuffle off this mm. mortal coil. So uh, again for him to end his life um in a wheelchair and in a care home was was sad.
2: Uh, how aware, I mean how bad was his dementia? How aware was he of his declining physical condition?
22: Um Yes. It, it, dementia is fascinating, and that's, that's a whole other story, really, how it creeps up on you and, and takes over. Yeah. By the time we moved him to Manton Heights, he'd crossed the line, right. really. Um, I, I'll tell you what, if he knew that, he, you know, uh, not just the fact that he was a Scot, but he had been very careful with money all his life, he would have been horrified to think he was self-funding, he was having to pay £800 a week to stay mm. in such a place.
2: I my, my, um, mentioned my mum's birthday this week. She's also in a care home, and, uh, yeah, she's self-funding, and yeah, you know scary. everything she's worked for and everything she's saved for mm. is pretty much gone now. Yeah. It goes so quickly. Uh, and and you're, you're right. Pride does come into yeah. it, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, it, it was obviously you want you, we want the best for our parents. Why Manton Heights? Why, why was that chosen?
22: Um, again, because he was self funding. My father was previously in another care home in Ampthill, which was fantastic. Uh,
2: Lavender Court. What because, was fantastic about it?
22: Um, it was quite unique, actually, in in my experience of having viewed lots of care homes. Now, it was it was really consisted of, of mini flatlets. So they had uh, independence and security. It was small and uh, a dedicated staff, mm. the likes of which I've never seen again. Mm. Um, but they they weren't a nursing home. So when his uh, physical and mental state got worse, I had to move him because um, he was self funding. You get very little help. Mm. I was handed a booklet from social services with just a list of care homes in bedford i went round to view them most of them in bedford are not appealing from the outside they're converted victorian homes small then i come across manton heights which was purpose-built barely two years old bright new shiny wide corridors ensuite bathrooms looked great it looked and i hate to say i was seduced Mm. by the look of it I didn't look any further. I realise now the error of my ways, but that's why I chose Manton Heights.
2: So he went to Manton Heights, he went in there in February of, uh, sorry, was it last year? No, this year. It was this year, I apologise, yes it was. So it was February of this year. Um, What went wrong?
22: Um, Well, the big thing that went wrong, um, although I have to say there were a litany of other things, but... The big thing that went wrong with that is, as you say, when he went into hospital just before Easter, mm. it was only then I discovered that they hadn't been giving him his uh, co-carol Dopa, which is the medicine you get for Parkinson's
2: disease. And that, if I got this right, that helps kind of loosen up your it joints. Is. Otherwise you kind of stiff. You are very,
22: you're like frozen. Right. Um, uh, my dad's mobility wasn't great, but when he moved in, he could walk with a rollator, you know, he could get to the toilet. He, and he wanted to. Of he wanted to. Yeah. Um, but within days... He's, he was confined to a wheelchair. His speech deteriorated hugely. Mm. And, of course, his, his, his mental state, he really went into himself. Mm. I thought it was perhaps down to the move because it, they don't take well to move. No, it's very traumatic. Um, but it wasn't, of course. It was when he'd moved into Manton Heights with a full handover list from his previous care home. They'd just forgotten to transfer his list of medication correctly.
2: So the the, the staff at at Manton Heights were unaware that he was supposed to be taking these pills every day?
22: Well, as I said, they had the correct list when he arrived. Somebody's handwritten the first facts to the chemist and they'd left off the carol dopa, And from then on in, it had never been included.
2: Gosh. And at at what point did you realise that that, that he wasn't getting the
22: medication? Not until he was in hospital. It was the doctor at the hospital that said, your father has Parkinson's, why is he not on medication? I said, he is. I said, no, he isn't. And then on that very Sunday, I was in shock. I went to the care home to get hold of his care file, which I'd never been shown, I'd never seen. And within minutes, it was obvious what had happened. Mm. I then um, tried to take the care file away with me. I wanted to photocopy it. Mountain Heights uh, threatened to have me arrested. In fact, they called the police. Gosh. I still took the file with me, photocopied it. Good for you. And, um, and took it back. Well done. Um, there's a litany of other issues, small issues, mainly due to very, very poor management.
2: We'll, we'll come on to those issues in a second. I just want to know, when you found out that you're... You, you're again, because a I, I, similar situation my mum, if I found out she wasn't taking her medication for MS, I, I would be distraught. Of course. How, yeah.
22: how, how did you feel? How did you well, react? I was in shock. Yeah. I was in complete and utter shock. We, I, we'd moved into Mountain Heights because... It, Every elderly person is frail and vulnerable, but my father needed more protection. They had fancy beds to stop him falling out of bed at night. Um, they had fancy toilets, that sort of thing. But the basic, most basic, giving him his correct medication had just fallen off the edge. It's,
2: it's the care of yeah. a care home that you would expect. Yeah. Uh, what other failings were there?
22: Oh, I mean, so many things. Uh, again, I didn't discover till later. They had my phone number written down wrong. I mean, you know what? Fortunately, I used to go in quite a lot. Um, but what if there had been an I'm emergency? It's just, it's it is so unbelievable. Ridiculous. You're right. You yes. need, they
2: need to be able to call you instantly. Yeah, if it, an it issue. just
22: doesn't beg a belief. Really, a real biggie was um, I used to go in at meal times a lot because uh, another issue. In fact, that that the. Um, the reports highlighted was there there are not enough people to help the elderly particularly at mealtimes when they struggle so I used to often go in there and I went in one lunchtime my father was in a terrible state shaking flushed struggling he at one point managed to say to me that he had a sore throat I called the nurse she took his blood pressure it was through the roof so she called the doctor he continued to get worse he was in very distress I took him back to his room well to cut a long story short Ian his dentures were loose, and it turned out that, as he was starting to gag, the top of his denture, top of his teeth, had been stuck down his throat. And I, as I listened to the conversation amongst the care workers, it had been like that since morning time. Oh, Nobody had taken the time. So, I mean, you know it 's pretty horrible isn 't it? Um,
2: it, it It is, and I know um, that, that, you know there are lots of people listening who have loved ones in care homes um, listen i 'm sure the, ma- the majority mm. of them are great places, uh, but we, we put out we put them we help our loved ones move into these mm. places so they are looked after yeah. so that we get peace of mind yeah. and they, they are comfortable yeah. and happy and well looked after. Uh, you, you took this to the care quality commission they 've com- concluded. Um, that uh, basically changes have been made, haven't they? But it's taken a long time for those to be implemented. But the
22: trouble with that is, ironically, there were already complaints in place Mm. about Mountain Heights when I moved my father in. I didn't know this. I mean, I suppose if i'd been more astute i should have gone and checked um and actually when i did go and check there was only just a a flag to say that there were some investigations going on no indication how bad they were Mm. they described the the medication system in the the quality care commission report as chaotic Mm. now if i had read that would i have sent my father there
2: Mm. you're right you're right these things should be flagged up yeah what what do you want to see happen Kirsty?
22: Well, the trouble is, it's the system, yeah. you know. And according to Madden Heights, they were abiding by everything. Apparently, I mean, there was most of the care workers I came across in were fantastic, but there aren't enough of them. According to what they said, they were abiding by the ratio of parent to carer, but there aren't enough of them. Mm. It, and it's the system, isn't it? There mm. aren't enough checks in place. These people are so vulnerable.
2: And there's nobody to speak for them. I, I do think that we, we need to pay care workers more money. We do. To get, to Without get a question. In, Without they, a
22: question. They have to do jobs. You, we don't want to do.
2: Yep, yep. Oh, exactly. It's, it's horrific watching yeah. the things they have to do. There's an inquest uh, into uh, uh, James's uh, death tomorrow, isn't yeah. there? Um, okay, I wish you the best of luck. We did try to uh, speak to uh, someone from Rank Care, the company that owned the home. They were unable to comment.
22: Well, when we had social services did an investigation and they convened a meeting, Rank Care said they would come and then just didn't turn up. Mm. So they're due to come to the inquest tomorrow, but I'm not
2: uh, holding my breath. The, apparently the regional manager for Rank Care, Sandra Bensley, uh, we are told is not contactable by phone. Indeed, In yes. In the year 2014, <laughs> she does not have access to a phone. Uh, would you keep in touch and let us know how the inquest goes? I'd
22: be very kind. I'd love to. I Thank really you. appreciate
2: you sharing your story with us. Um, it's, uh, you know, as someone who's got a, a, a parent in care. It's, it's heartbreaking. It really it is, is. yeah. Thanks very much for sharing with you, us. Thank you,
7: Ian. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs.
11: BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting off this morning on the A1 heading southbound. Rather slow moving at the moment um, between the Great North Road and the Black Cat Roundabout on the sensors. The A1M also building up heading southbound between junction 8 and junction 7 of Stevenage. The M1 looking heavy between junction 11 for Dunstable Road and junction 9 for Redbourne. And on the M25 heading anti clockwise, it's starting to queue between junction 21, the M1, and junction 20 at King's Langley. Take a look in Boreham Wood. Rather slow moving on the Barnet bypass. On a camera between Sterling Corner and Mill Hill Circus, no problems or delays to the trains. At Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio.
2: Nicola, you're doing it again. How are you? How are you pulling these out of the hat every so? Catherine wanted to. Catherine, what did you want to say to Nicola? Because you were dancing around with have joy. You, then
6: have you done something different to your hair? Is it the shoes? I mean, you're just it's fabulous, fabulous shoes. today. It's the
2: shoes. Oh, mate! Shoes. It's Kelly, Kelly wants this. say, so Kelly, what, do you, what, what did you? What did you? You said something to, to me while Nicola was doing that travel. Just, just say it to her because it was. I, I think she'd be touched by that.
8: Mate, just <laughs> award-winning.
2: Yeah. Oh,
11: just thanks so yeah. much for the
2: support, Nicola. Well can can well you? Can you keep it up, Nicola? We'll find out in 15 minutes' time. It just gets better and better. Nicola Richards, the gift that keeps on giving, eh? Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio at 7.17, Tuesday the 30th of September. These are your headlines. A report has revealed that an elderly man who had Parkinson's disease and dementia died after not receiving his medication at a care home in Bedford. Television critics have praised the new documentary about Bedfordshire Police, which aired for the first time on Channel 4 last night. And in sport, Watford's third head coach of the season, Billy McKinley, takes charge for tonight's home game against Brentford. If you saw. The documentary about Luton Police last night, episode one. Give me your thoughts, please. Set said it as your homework yesterday. 08459 455555. We've had one caller already who, well, wasn't that impressed with it. Your thoughts, please. BBC Three Counties Radio. The thing is, I like watching people I've never heard of dance, but what where could i find such a thing
1: oh i love the weekend saturday morning up i get cup of tea my perfect weekend getting up read the papers off to the golf club meet up with my mates
2: and then having a late supper perfection
1: Oh, my heart is pounding in my bosom. Get your fake tan out of the closet. Ooh, you did a heel when you should have done a toe. My suit is slick and sharp. Rapturous applause.
2: Sprinkle yourself in stardust. Time for Strictly. Nah, don't watch it. Oh, wait, 459 555 That weird BBC thing of advertising television programmes on a radio station. I know we're one BBC. In that case, why well, was a story from my show on BBC Online yesterday with no credit? Not that you bothered. I am a little bit. I know. I have a little bit. I know. It's, if you listen, if we won BBC, if we're all if we're all uh, massaging each other's shoulders, then if you nick a story from uh, from uh, from a show, then all we got to say is, uh, uh, as heard on BBC Three Counties Breakfast Show, the you All you got to do is that.
6: Be nice, wouldn't it? it? Would be nice,
2: wouldn't it? Be nice. Credit, credit where it's due. Hey, by the way, BBC Online, I have got a story for you. Apparently, apparently, the actor from ER, George Clooney, has got married. That came from me, not from anyone else. You can have that one.
6: Oh, I heard that a really prominent lawyer got married to an ageing, graying actor. Is it the same thing? What?
2: The hell
10: Follow that lead. Going on.
6: Hey, Daz the trucker, <clears> did anyone else spot the error in the Beds Police programme? A woman kicking off at the police station, and the desk sergeant says, "There's only one person in charge here: me and Tim." <laughs> <laughs> as a trucker, I did notice that. I appreciated it fully.
2: What I think will be interesting about that is she's going to become a bit, a bit more of a character, I think, as the show progresses. I thought she was great. She was Brilliant. very, very funny. I thought the whole show, I mean... I thought, I thought it was crack. We'll, we'll talk about this. I'd love your thoughts on it, please. Oh eight four 455 555.
6: Let's be honest. We were ready for it to be rubbish, weren't we?
2: Yeah. Oh, I, well, yeah, totally. Totally. And, uh, you know, I thought it was crack. I thought it was a, It was an interesting documentary. And I would call it a documentary. They're not a fly-on-the-wall uh, reality series. Maybe oh, it was a reality. It was a, docu- that was a proper old-fashioned documentary. That was. And don't they have to deal with some... Uh, g- can I legally say fruitcakes? The gentleman who's... Uh, PlayStation 4 had broken down mm. and so he went bonkers through was no, business PlayStation 3 Play, uh, thank you very much indeed I
6: liked the woman doing the he wasn't yeah. very
2: well either what's wrong with you I'm just not well what's wrong with my chest can I go out for a cigarette please mm, I wonder what might be the matter
6: <laughs> I liked the woman in the cell it was only a glimpse but she was doing the uh, sun salute
2: <laughs> from yoga <laughs> Was there a fella break dancing in there yes. as
6: well? You put his coat down first, though. You know, safety first.
2: <laughs> it, I mean, if you saw it last night, I set you homework. Uh, I really hope you took up, put me up on it. What did you think of 24 hours in police custody? It's filmed at Luton Police Station. It was screened yesterday. Do you know what? I did the thing yesterday, Kath, which I, I, I vowed after Splash I'd never do again, and I will never do again. I was bad-mouthing a television show. We I can't believe we're bringing Splash into this. I know. I was bad-mouthing a television show before I had seen it, I'm sorry. Fair play,
6: though. Splash did sound like rubbish, and it was, but it was brilliant
2: rubbish. (laughs) I do, I do. uh, If Colette Paul is listening, I kind of feel I owe her an apology, because I I, I gave her a a bad time after something I read in the Daily Mail. She knew. She knew, and, uh, Ms. Paul, if you're listening, do you know what? It's very rarely I do, so I'm apologising, because... uh, I, 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 you know, I, I was giving you a tough time because I think I read in the paper about a television show I hadn't seen, uh, everything that was flagged up as being inappropriate in that story was actually in the, uh, was in context and worked. That the, the man calling, the detective calling that woman a bit of skirt, it, it worked.
6: It wasn't like him throwing that around in the office. Yeah. He was talking to a difficult witness.
2: Yeah, the, the cock of justice, it worked. Uh, or they call it... <laughs> Calling the fella a big unit. Oh, <laughs> that fell down a hole. Sorry, let me climb out. <laughs> Calling the fella a big unit. It all worked. It was all in context and it all worked.
6: I'm still wondering, though, where that fella went on holiday. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Did you see it? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Well criminologist and docu- documentary maker Roger Grafe made his own BAFTA award winning police documentary in the 80s aptly called Police Good morning Roger. Good morning Ian. What did you make of uh, last night's show?
19: Well I was very interested that it uh, was closer to the reality of police work than many of the cop shows that have been on since my series. What happened, I don't know if you're old enough to remember seeing that one, the most famous one was the rape film but what we had 11 films uh, that were on at 10 o'clock at night with 11 million viewers every week, with no commentary, no excitement. It was really the reality of police shows, and the bill was modeled on it, and people began to realize that, that police work was not the kind of uh, wham-bam, very exciting, the you know, flashing blue light stuff. And then, uh, as you were talking about the reality shows, in fact, what, what the sequel to the, that kind of uh, accuracy, if you like, was the cutting everything together, with action. And what last night's show did was restore the sense of the boredom and the frustration and the, you know, the maddening character of a lot of police work. And uh, I was impressed by it. I expected, I'm not sure what I expected, but I was pleased with what I saw. This,
2: uh, the, I am a big fan of, uh, of uh, documentaries, and this was a proper documentary. Yes, this was. wasn't a reality show. This was uh, this was old-fashioned documentary making, wasn't right.
19: it? I, I quite agree. I mean, you used a phrase, if you forgive me for picking up on it, uh, about flying the water reality show. I was the one who started Fly on the Wall. Did you? And what that mean, oh, yeah, is that but, you? I, I, exactly, I did. But what I you. did was, no, listen, this the point about being a Fly on the Wall is you don't intervene. Yeah. You yeah. just watch. And the reality show, of course, is structured, and it's when people have been asked and hired and picked, and, you know, they have a Bible where they make sure things happen in the course of the week of filming, and we were the exact opposite. And what was good about last night is, obviously, if they had staged it, the guy would have coughed a lot sooner, there would have been a lot, you know, a lot more action. In fact, the frustration and the ac- these the kind of idiosyncratic funny little bits that you were picking up on just now, that's the stuff of real life and I did, I was impressed that they included that and they didn't rush it, that you just felt that you were stuck in that police station like they are.
2: They didn't rush it and I thought that was very brave. In, in, yes, in 2014 I, when all television shows are very fast and shouted exactly. this was so slow but wonderful because of it.
19: Yes, exactly. Thank you for saying that because even one of my colleagues texted me late last night saying it was so slow and I wrote back saying Yes, that's the point. Yeah, you
2: know, and we got to we got to see, you know, we, we're so used to these kind of the d- d- TV dramas where we watch exactly. these, these these very forceful interviews. That's right. To have the fella sat there and just be be hit with no comment, no comment.
19: Exactly. I know, and he was wonderful, and he just
2: threw in that that little line. Sorry, I forgot to ask. How? What do you like to be addressed as? Is it Mabood? Is it yeah, Is it Mister Bag? Yeah, yeah. Is it Mac? Just dropping these little
19: exactly stones
2: I, into the water.
19: Yeah. no, it was really and the nature of that. But he was very, a very good detective because he never lost his sense of humour and he never lost his patience. And you know that's what they have to deal with all the time. How do
2: you think uh, Beds Police will be viewed after this? Because your documentaries um, yeah. had a real impact on Thames Valley Police, didn't it?
19: Did I'm afraid to say that the that the rape film, the one film that really that everybody saw, that Thatcher asked questions about in Parliament, that was on the news, and so on, that colored everyone's experience of the whole thing. It was rather, you said very, if I may say so, I'm very, full respect to you for saying I was rude about a film I hadn't seen. Yep. And that's what actually happened yep. then, is that because the fallout of one film was negative, then everybody thought that it was all about uh, that. They called it, the Tim's Valley, the Swede. It was a joke because they were from the country. You know, it was They were really embarrassed by it. And it took years afterwards if them to realize that actually what was happening was important police stuff and it changed the way all the police handle rape but they uh, rape victims who come in and uh, but uh, all i was going to say is i think bedfordshire police should come out of this well I, I do think that that's important.
2: Do you think that TV still has the power to, uh, to change institutions and shine light on things? Oh,
19: yes, definitely. We, I mean, we made a, f- a film called uh, The Truth About Adoption, uh, and um, that, Cameron watched it, and then decided he was going to increase, the, uh, speed up the adoption process, and that was only two years ago. Um, we, uh, it's very important that we should carry on doing this, and the only sad problem is that as budgets get cut, and the risk, the legal risks and so on of doing long term investigations or even observational stuff like this um, increase while the budgets to do so decrease. So the, the role of television, because if people still watch a lot of it together, um, I think is, is vital, vital.
2: Roger, what are you working on at the moment?
19: You'll like this, Ian. I'm doing the, the Monty Python reunion film. Um, oh, where, oh. where I did three films with it. I don't know if you ever saw The Secret Policeman's Ball. Yes,
2: I did. Yes, I did. The I'm well aware Python. of your work on that. Yes.
19: Yeah. And so anyway, they asked for me and said, look, we're only going to do a documentary if Roger does it. And oh. um, I was there for the 10 shows at the, uh, wow. at the O2. So what's, and it's, w- it's great fun. <laughs>
2: well, I was there for one of those shows. I'm a huge Monty Python fan, and I absolutely adored those shows. So what, what, what is the, is this kind of a behind-the-scenes? Scenes, yeah, look at
19: it. it is. It's fly the wall. <laughs> of like. course it is. What, when yeah. when,
2: when is this coming out?
19: It's come the 12th of November on
2: uh, UK Gold. Oh, Roger, fantastic. I'm glad I asked that little supplementary then, so yes. I look forward to it. Maybe yes. we'll get you on nearer the time to talk about that. That'll be a pleasure. Roger, really nice okay. to talk to you. Thanks for and your time. You there Cheers. we go. Thank you. Roger Grafe, uh, documentary maker, made uh, a very uh, powerful documentary series in the 80s. About the police, and he's doing a film about Monty Python. We'll get, we'll get him back on in November, please. To talk Absolutely. About that. What a nice gentleman. I, I, love, I love a good documentary, and you don't see them very often. My favourite uh, documentary maker, and his name's gone now, uh, Broomfield. Nick Broomfield. Yes. He's awesome. He's the fella that wears the green puffer jacket, and he's holding the boom mic, the microphone, and he just goes around asking really awkward questions.
6: He's very, very posh, isn't he?
2: Uh, he's so, he's so... Have you seen the one about uh, Courtney Love? He's trying to get in this film. He puts forward the theory, the theory that Courtney Love may have somehow been involved with mm-hmm. Kurt Cobain's death. Okay, and the whole film, he's trying to get an interview with her, and she's having none of it. And she's she she kind of threatened. There are the messages threatening him. All this kind of stuff. She's having none of it. And right at the end of the film, he goes to an award ceremony, which is about the freedom of, of press, where she's presenting an award, and he's not been able to get an interview. And so he just walks up on stage in the middle of this award ceremony in front of six, seven hundred people. He just walks up on stage. And because he's, he's, he's British, people think he's there to present an award. And he starts off going, um, I'd just like to say, um, I think it's, it's really odd that, you are, that you've got Courtney Love here presenting an award for freedom of speech when I'm been, she's been threatening my team. <gasps> and then he gets bundled off stage. And it's one of those moments where you think, oh, my God, I can't believe he's doing that. But it's but he wonderful. kind of
6: had to to make it.
2: He's so good. Let's get, I like Roger. Let's get him on with the Python film comes out. Let's, uh, let's have a little bit of that, shall we? Uh, I'm going off on a tangent. Excuse my indulgence there, my little fanboy indulgence. Your thoughts on uh, the 24 hours in police custody, the uh, filmed at Luton Police. It was on last night. You may or may not have seen it. If you did see it, can you give me a call and let me know what you thought? Yes, OK, I think I've given away my colours. My flag is quite is displayed quite proudly. Uh, I'm probably supposed to be impartial. I don't know. I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was brilliant. Have I been tricked a little bit? Have I been swayed? Has it changed your opinion of the police?
6: You've been tricked. I have too.
2: Yeah. We normally, I'm normally really cynical. So am I. And quite cold about these things. I'm all
6: right, Grump. I was waiting for it to be rubbish. Yeah. They let me down by making it brilliant.
2: I know part of me, when we were watching it yesterday afternoon, about the same time we were texting each other, part of me was really disappointed because it looked beautiful. It was shot wonderfully. uh, And um, the cops came out of it really, really well. They were really likeable. And the cynic in me wanted them to look like idiots. And they didn't. They looked like nice, normal people doing a really tough job. Have we been tricked? Oh, 08459 455555 five, double, five.
7: Travel news for beds, cards and bugs.
11: BBC Three Counties Radio. Seeing delays at the moment on the A48 heading eastbound between the Great North Road and Caxton Gibbet. Also looking slow on the A1. Um, that's between the Great Byford Bypass and the Black Hat roundabouts. And the A1M that's looking slow on the sensors heading southbound just between Junction Eight and Junction Seven for Stevenage. The M1 also starting to build between Junction Eleven at Dunstable Road and Junction Nine for. Redbourne, and the M25 is very slow-moving, anti-clockwise, between Junction 18 at Chorleywood and Junction 16 for the M40. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh,
2: Nicola! Just... How is she doing You're exciting oh, me cool. with this Every oh, cool. <laughs> single time.
16: Oh, Bravo! <laughs> <laughs> more, more. Marvellous, <laughs> the Express. Outstanding, Paul Ross. <laughs>
2: Nicola, we'll speak to you in 15 minutes my darling Can't wait The critics are already screaming for more
7: Across beds, hearts and bugs
2: This is
4: BBC's Three Counties Radio
0: It's 7.30. I'm Simon Oxley. A reporter's revealed that an elderly man who had Parkinson's disease and dementia died after not receiving his medication at a care home in Bedford. Television critics have praised the new documentary about Bedfordshire Police, which aired for the first time on Channel 4 last night. David Cameron will pledge today that everyone will be able to see their GP at a time that suits them seven days a week by 2020 if the Conservatives remain in power. And an £11 million link road for Aylesbury is being officially Opened this morning after over a year in construction. Three Counties Sports.
4: BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: Watford begin life under new head coach Billy McGinley tonight as they host Brentford at Vicarage Road. McGinley was appointed yesterday after Oscar Garcia's decision to step down due to health reasons after just 27 days in charge. And McGinley, the Hornets' third head coach this season, says he's looking forward to his first game.
15: Listen, you've got to hit the ground running. You're know, you work in 10 years to get the experience and get the, the the attributes to be able to do the job to the best the best you can. You know? So you we're know, thoroughly looking I'm thoroughly excited about it, looking forward to it. You know, and hopefully, you know, we, we can we can be successful. So, it'll be a good atmosphere, a good game, and we're looking to go off to to the right start.
0: And there's full commentary on Watford versus Brentford in tonight's three counties sport from seven. Also tonight, the Champions League resumes with Manchester City at home to Roma and Chelsea away to Sporting Lisbon. The Newcastle manager Alan Pardew is under increasing pressure after a one-nil defeat at Stoke last night. The club's owner Mike Ashley had joked with a newspaper reporter that Pardew would be sacked if he failed to win, but Pardew is refusing to stand down. There's obviously a lot of pressure on me and uh,
15: that's probably reflected uh, in the team a little bit but I've got to be strong and uh, show that I'm resilient. I think we showed that there's enough fight in the team and there's enough discipline in the team it's just that bit of quality we're lacking. Mm.
0: There were 1,600 fans at Stevenage's Lamex Stadium last night as Tottenham lost 2-1 to Manchester United in the Under-21 Premier League. And Andy Murray plays his first-round match at the ATP event in Beijing this morning. Murray is bidding to qualify for the end-of-season World Tour Finals in London. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at 8. Call
4: 08459
7: 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio.
2: Tickle, tickle, tickle. Tickle, tickle, tickle. Hey, we've got some more text. Well, shall I, let me just set the stall out for what we're talking. Busy, busy show this morning. Uh, the main, sorry. What's your beef,
6: Samantha Kelly? Are Why are you laughing? laughing? What's funny? We done something to amuse you? Have we amused you? You said something wizable? Did we
2: amuse you? Really? What's going on? I don't think we said anything amusing. We're not been amusing, have we? I've not been trying to be amusing. Oh, what are you laughing for? What are we, clowns? I'm not a clown. I'm here to amuse you. I don't know I'm amusing you. What's your beef?
8: I'm actually, actually tears.
2: <laughs> why are you crying?
6: <laughs>
2: why are you crying? What are you crying for? What's amusing? Why are you crying? <laughs> Kath, why is she crying? I don't know what's so amusing.
6: I don't know. She's all emotion. Kells, what's, what, what are you crying for? Seriously? Come on. She's seen something visible.
2: I know, we're not being particularly amusing. I don't know what's going on. I've been very serious. Willie, really, what's going on? It's
6: all right, I'm back now.
8: Willie, really,
2: why are you quiet? <laughs> you need to wise above this. Seriously. So we are talking about and breathe. That's it. Take that top off. Work it, girl. Work it. Work it, girl. Work it. Work it, work it girl. Hey. Work it, girl. <laughs> So busy show this morning. Mm. We are talking about the uh, twenty. What's, What... Uh, really? What's going on? She's a
6: rice state,
8: isn't she? She's a wild state. What's the matter?
2: Really, cows. I think
8: Co- you should just turn my mic
2: off. <laughs> oh, why? Well, if you want me to, I will. But really, what? We're not bit of in? I will take your mic off. So, anyway, Catherine, we yeah. are talking about 24 Hours in Police Custody, the documentary series that started last night on Channel 4 about Luton Police. Your homework was to watch it. Uh, Andrew called up early doors, straight after six. Said it was rubbish. He, he, <laughs> he, he, he really didn't like it, did he? No, didn't, but Mark did. He had a white old man. I don't know what was his beef was. Mark liked it, did he? Yeah, he did.
6: He said, I really enjoyed watching the documentary last night, 24 Hours in Police Custody. It was an insight into what really happens in behind the scenes in police custody. That would explain the title.
2: That would explain the it title. It's extremely
6: fascinating. However, I would love to have heard a little bit more about the detective's trip to Las Vegas. Vac- <laughs> <laughs> Is that where he went? See, he never mentioned it, did
8: he? I liked it when he was flicking through his phone and went. we had a burger. That was a steak. <laughs>
6: Cheesecake. No, they were there for like three days and only spent $150. So That's
10: they amazing. They've, They've
2: been, been together 20 years. years. Well, not married we're not for 20 years. Married. 18 and... Uh, married for
6: 18, together for
8: 20.
2: But they went with their friends who have been we're married for 20. Years. So, it so
6: it's a bit of a celebration really.
2: I believe there's something to do with like, uh, someone who had been shot as well. Anyway, uh, it was... Uh, it was Your thoughts, please. 08459 455 What's
6: are talking about? Neighbourly niggles?
2: Yeah, my next door neighbours, right, the neighbours opposite us don't like it when parcels get delivered there. Then my wife went to collect a parcel from the neighbours next door at number 70. What? Oh, I've given out my street number. As long as I don't give out the... As long as I don't tell them that I live on uh, the high street.
6: Oh, no! Inception. As if you live on a high street, you live on a
2: muse. <laughs> high muse. Now, highly amusing. I'm now, me- a muse booth. Now, uh, to, to the b- people at number four. Hang on. That is the real number. Oh, no. The people at number 68. Ooh, that is actually the real number that I live at. No! Oh! <laughs> anyway, the people next door have said to my wife, when she went to collect the parcel, could you please tell the people who deliver the parcels, the post office, not to deliver them to us? Anymore, because we're not often in. Well, what does that mean? If
6: they're not in, they
2: won't deliver to you. What's now your then. beef? Anyway. Now Now then. Now. Listen. So the thing is, A, it's not my response. It's her responsibility. When a parcel comes to go, no, I'm not accepting this parcel. Oh, is that She's she... She's a, a regular. She's
8: an American computer.
2: Yeah. No, I am not accepting this parcel. Error. Uh, so that's her responsibility. And B... Just be a neighbour. All it is is a parcel that's going to sit in your porch. At what point do people think this stuff and then think, yeah, I'm going to say it? I mean, fair play to her for saying it. That takes balls.
6: Or, that really does take courage. Or
2: real meanness. Yeah, it is quite... T- oh, wait, has anyone else ever encountered this? Oh, wait, I'm tempted to get a load of stuff sent to her house now.
6: Yeah, change all your addresses in your address
2: book. Go will learn them. 08459 double five five double five.
6: Lee Min Bletchley doesn't understand your beef. What? Doesn't understand it. What? When I lived and worked in London, not only would my next-door neighbour accept any parcel, any parcel, but also had the key to mine and left flowers on my kitchen worktop when I was due back from hospital after major surgery. That's That's kind.
2: That's weird. Mm.
6: I just think it's a matter of how well you get on with your neighbours, Liam. Ooh, suggesting that maybe you're not the best neighbour. Good
8: voice.
2: Sexy computer. (laughs) Falling in love like electric dreams. No, like weird science. Error. Let me take this bra off my head. Error. Um, Overload uh, um, Carry on Okay
6: Daly's on the line
2: Alright Dales. Hey Morning you still princess still dressed as a monkey uh, Yep still dressed
12: in my Why? monkey onesie Why Well to prove a point to you Because yesterday you were being rather silly, saying, what, you're 33 and you wear a monkey onesie? (laughs) No, we were were saying you're 42 and you wear a monkey onesie. Listen, I'm 33, I'm wearing my onesie. Uh, Proof to you today that, uh, yes, I can feel very comfortable and produce better content. By the way, by the way, we have uh, Radio God in the building today, Mr. Is, Tony Blackburn. Is, is Blackburn here? Blackburn's in the building. Blackburn, put the kettle on, mate. <laughs> he said to me, that's a fantastic onesie. He said, I've got one just
2: like that. Oh, God. Okay.
12: Now Are you going to argue with Blackburn? Are
2: if, you? If I have to, I will. <laughs> if I have to argue with uh, TB, then I certainly will do. Forget it. You ain't going to win that one. You used to have to go and um, stay in a sanatorium for six months to get rid of TB, but now he <laughs> turns you of hide downstairs in the basement. Very good. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, oh, on, sorry. Let me get the script. Sorry, after I've, I I've drop the script. Hang yeah, on. Sorry, sorry. So, Justin. Yeah. We asked you to take to the street this story about cats. Can you remind me about it, please? Yeah. You were talking about whether people should be
12: limited to having one cat per household. And um, I have taken this one to the streets in my monkey onesie. And um, some very, very strong views on pussy cats here. And uh, again, I'll be fascinated to hear what people have to say off the back of this. This is what happened on the streets. Karen, do you think people should be allowed more than one cat per household? No, I don't believe they should be, because one is enough, I think,
23: cats. One cat is enough to pamper. I think they're rather filthy animals. Wow. I think they are. I've got friends who've got more than one cat and their house or in the estate is filthy. Um, they clearly don't know how to carry and maintain for the cat. And I believe it's cruelty to animals to have more than one cat and you can't even sustain a home. You cannot even care for the cat, probably or care for yourself. Don't hold back. I know that cats' um, animals are therapeutic, but one is enough to spend a quality time with. And I honestly, if you can't look after them, properly, don't have them.
12: Dirty, filthy creatures. Um, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. What do you think about... My- my monkey onesie, by the way.
23: <laughs> well, my daughter laughed because Mummy said in the onesie, I
12: think you look great. Fantastic. We like you. Thank you very much indeed. And I like you too. Bye. Jessica, as I'm dressed that was a monkey, we're talking about cats this morning. Do you think uh, owners should be limited to just one cat?
21: No, because most of the time... Yeah, they're solitary animals, but if there's just one and you're not home, they don't get the right attention and they start destroying the house. If you've got two, then at the very least, if you're out the house, they have something else to occupy their time and they're not destroying your house.
12: You seem to be speaking with experience here. How many cats have you got?
21: Um, eight at my parents' house, one of which is mine, and he's coming to my house in a couple of weeks.
12: Wow. Your parents have eight cats in the same house?
21: Yeah, they're going really well. But then again, most of the time, cats being cats, they're outside all the time. We leave the kitchen window open for them, so they come and go as they please. Yeah. And only about four of them are in the house at one. You,
12: know, you don't get any complaints from your neighbours about the cats destroying other people's gardens and getting up to mischief?
21: No, because on both sides they've got cats. One side's got two, the other side's just got a kitten.
12: We would be fascinated to know if any of our listeners have got more than eight cats in one house that's amazing thank you very much have a good day thank you bye madam you hate cats you think everyone should be banned from owning cats what's your beef with cats uh, sincerely speaking they constitute
2: nuisance not good it's dirty so they should keep them at home mm. or get rid of them
12: they're saying this light do you like my outfit i
2: don't see anything wrong
8: in
23: that as long as it's uh, it makes you happy it makes me happy yeah <laughs>
12: thank you very much god bless you Taking it to the, the,
2: streets the streets with j Dog. There you go. How about that? Hey, that was good. Well, everyone um, um, had very distinct voices, didn't they, there? What do you mean? If you've got more than two cats, three or more, you're a weirdo. That's a fact. Oh, Sorry, there's got eight. Yeah, well, they, they should be locked up. <laughs> oh, Honestly. Leaving
6: the kitchen window open so they're walking in and out all over well, the worktops.
2: Well, work well no, no. There'll be no. hair everywhere. I've got a cat flap.
6: Yeah. Do you let them on the worktops?
2: No. Good. But who knows what she's up to when we're not in the house? Mm-hmm. She's having a cat party, isn't it? <laughs> getting it on, getting it on, cat party style, getting it on. She's got all
10: her getting mates in Yeah,
2: getting it on, cat party <laughs> style, getting <laughs> it on. No, my uh, my cat's a virgin. How do you know? Because she wouldn't do anything like that, Just. I brought her up properly. <laughs> You have got the Ev. <laughs> Thank you very much indeed. You've got t- three or more cats. There is something wrong with you. Tim, stay there. I want to speak to you after the travel because I want to give you the uh, the time that you deserve, sir. 08459 nine four double five Three quick things. Is my neighbour right to refuse to accept parcels? Did you see 24 hours in police custody? And come on, guys. Three or more cats and you are a weirdo, especially if you're a woman living On your own.
7: Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs.
11: BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting off this morning on the A1 heading southbound, rather heavy on the speed sensors at the moment between the Great North Road and the Black Cat roundabouts. The A1M looking heavy heading southbound just around Junction 8 for Stevenage. And the M1, that's looking slow on camera, heading southbound between Junction 11 for Dunstable Road and Junction 9 for Redbourne. The M25 heading anti clockwise, looking very slow at the moment between Junction 22 for St Albans and Junction 20 for Kings Langley. In Brickett Wood is Q. Queuing at the moment on the North Orbital Road, just at Junction 21A for the M25. And queuing on the Barnet Bypass, heading southbound between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. <coughs>
2: <laughs> oh God! Oh, oh, Flip it! do that? Just every single time you think you you think you've got it, and then she just takes it up another level. I mean, that was ten. That was eleven. She just keeps doing it. Oh, I'm worried that she's peaked too soon, but I've been worrying that all morning, and she simply hasn't yet. So so lucky to be. Uh, Witness to these performances. 746. It's Tuesday, the 30th of September. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A report has revealed that an elderly man who had Parkinson's disease and dementia died after not receiving his medication at a care home in Bedford. Television critics have praised the new documentary about Bedfordshire Police, which aired for the first time on Channel 4 last night. And in sport, Watford's third head coach of the season, Billy McKinley, takes charge for tonight's home game against Brentford. Coming up, while Why, uh, a Luton councillor may be investigated for something that was said on this show. We'll also speak to Tim about neighbourly niggles, but before that, let's get the weather. Here's Georgina.
17: Beds, hearts and bucks weather.
7: BBC Three Counties Radio.
17: Hello there, well a fair amount of cloud around first thing this morning. Once the sun gets fully going, probably see some sunny spells to start off with but uh, by this afternoon, longer intervals of sunshine. There are a few isolated showers around today but not everyone will see them and it's still quite warm with highs of 20 degrees Celsius. Now tonight it clouds over, we've got some patchy rain pushing eastwards with the lows of 13 degrees and tomorrow the further west you are, the brighter it will be to start off the day. It's going to be fairly cloudy elsewhere though. It does improve by the afternoon, so it's certainly going to be brighter. Uh, Not necessarily lots of sunshine around there. We'll still hold on to a lot of cloud in certain areas with highs of 19 degrees Celsius. Now, Thursday's looking largely dry, with just the possibility of a few light showers. Friday is looking dry and bright by day, but wet and windy by night, and then feeling very autumnal on Saturday, when it's cooler and fresher. That's your latest forecast.
2: Thanks, uh, Eugenia. I've just... uh... I've just had Catherine say something really inappropriate about my cat and her habits. What? You know. It's not just
6: her habits, they all do it. Oh, for
2: goodness. They're all the same. It's my velvet. She doesn't do anything like that. It's her velvet. Ah, well, we all know about um, sporting heroes, but what about those unsung sporting heroes? We never hear about them. There were golds galore in
12: Glasgow. Commonwealth Games as a whole was an amazing experience and to bring back the, the, the amount of medals that we did was, was amazing. Well, what a performance! But once again, we also want to celebrate our unsung sporting heroes this year. This
8: amazing coach who really, really inspires us.
12: So who will you nominate?
8: She understands how we feel and everything.
12: We're looking for someone who's made their contribution for no reward but had the enjoyment of seeing sport flourish in our local communities to make your nomination go to bbc.co.uk slash unsung hero and download a form the closing date is the 20th of october with our 2014 unsung hero announced at this year's bbc sports personality of the year
16: you can't bottle it
12: (laughs) get inspired and get nominating
4: Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio.
2: Now, BBC Three Counties has learnt that the National Audit Office is to investigate... Oh, uh, I'll do Tim in a second, sorry, I've started this. Uh, BBC Three Counties has learnt that the National Audit Office is to investigate comments made by a Luton councillor on this programme last week. Speaking to me last week, the man in charge of transport at Luton Borough Council, Dave Taylor, said this. I mean, when you put the business case of the government, you're not going to understate your case. So you, you, you lie, you, you embellish. Well, not 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 really. No, no, you're not lying. You exaggerate. You, well, it, it was a prediction. If you had a crystal ball, yeah. um, you could see. Um, but, but, but unfortunately we don't have a crystal ball But so you embellished. We'd estimate embellish Embellish the figures Well you, all, you always pump up the figures more than anything else to say Rather than reduce your figures You do wouldn't you? say oh well we'll only get 300,000 I didn't know you'd do that I, 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 of, course you, of course you do Ian You embellish to the government when you're trying to get 80 million pounds off of course, Of course you do Of course you do. I'm I'm still slightly shocked by that revelation. Our political reporter, Paul Scoyne, has an update for us. It it didn't end there, did it? What's happening now?
14: Well, after those comments were made, I talked to a couple of people and I rang Margaret Hodge, who's the chair of the uh, Commons Public Accounts Committee. Now, you may have seen Margaret Hodge on the telly. Yes. Uh, She is um, a a dogged um, sort of interviewer of people. She goes really goes for the jugular. Um, You know, people like google uh the hs2 um sort of uh, limited they've all had to uh, go in front of her and answer tough questions about spending public money or about uh, behaving in certain ways and um and so i gave her a call and said look you might need to have a listen to this. So she, uh, she uh, sort of asked for the interview. So I've sent that to her, and um, I got a letter back just a day or two ago saying that uh, she was going to pass those comments on to the National Audit Office. What does that mean exactly? Well, what, Na- what could that entail? The National Audit Office is the body in Parliament which sort of scrutinises public spending. So they go through, as the name suggests, they go through an audit. Uh, the way that government money is spent. So in an office? In an office. if Well, no, not necessarily in an office. So okay. it could be any kind of uh, public um, institution. Yep. So uh, they will go through and see, you know, if a government department like the Department for Transport has given money to an organisation on the basis of perhaps exaggerated information. Embellished. embellished. Embellished was the word that was was used. Top information, if you like, uh, and, and see if that's right. So we know nothing may come of this, but it is interesting okay. that the National Audit Office has now been asked to go away and look at that and report back to Margaret How long does this take? Any idea? No, it could take weeks, it could take months. Okay. Uh, it's one of those sort of things. But, um, uh, you know, I, I have had a, a dialogue with, uh, with Margaret Hodge now, and we will wait and see what happens. But uh, it isn't, you know, particularly uh, good news for for the, for the council, of course. They, they came back and, and sort of almost brushed those comments
2: straight away. Borough Council's re- response to those statements last week, what was that?
14: Well, they uh, said that the original business case was a, quote, accurate projection of what they thought was most likely to happen. Oh, and so, s- so that's
2: not what Dave Taylor said when on the
14: show? No, they said that uh, the comments had not been embellished or manipulated. Oh, sorry, they said that the figures had not been embellished or oh. manipulated in any Again, way. Again, c- contradictory to what Dave Taylor said, he said they had been embellished and pumped up Indeed, they said that uh, in their own statement, they said that when the business case was put forward in 2008 they were using uh, the guidelines and uh, and assumptions made by economists uh, oh. uh, the government's own Economists about the future of the economy, and they said that the guidance on the business case uh, was actually to assess a most likely case, but indeed, oh. uh, uh, together with a quote, optimistic and pessimistic scenario. But of course, what was submitted was very much the optimistic scenario.
2: Yeah, well, it was something, weren't they expecting 9,000 journeys a day, and was it 3,900? I think it was 3,800. Thank you, journeys Even a day. Less, yes. It's odd, isn't it? Because the, the, if, if Luton Borough Council are saying that, the, then why would Dave Taylor come on? And state categorically that mm. the figures have been embellished, they have been pumped up. It's what you always do maybe to get been, money from government. Maybe he's being honest. Maybe actually that is how things
14: work. Maybe, mm. maybe we're being naive to suggest that perhaps that councils don't look on the bright side and, uh, and try and make the best of it. Because those figures will whale. Well, the predicted number of journeys that should have happened, I think, over the period that the uh, busway was open so far was around 3 million now, according to their own figures, and it's been around 1.5. Gosh. So it's quite a lot lower than they would have suggested and there are a variety of reasons for that but indeed when you are bidding for government money you want to try at least and be as accurate as possible the council will say that they did that but of course those comments certainly raised eyebrows and uh, have now raised the eyebrows of one Margaret Hodge MP Paul, thank you very much indeed
4: Across Beds, Hearts and Bucks
7: This is Ian Lee
4: BBC Three Counties Radio
2: You sent me an interesting text yesterday. Which one? Um, not the photograph. I've deleted that. I'm assuming that wasn't meant for me. Uh, I meant to send that to. It doesn't matter. Oh. Now I mentioned to you, but that my neighbours are refusing, or they want to stop having parcels delivered to their house. Oh. Would you, if if your next door neighbour, um, if if a parcel came for your next, you're knocking on the door. It's, it's for number thirty two. They're not in. Would you mind taking it? I'd take it. Would you? Yeah, I'd take it. It's what neighbours do, isn't it? I've done it? it before.
14: How about when you don't want your neighbours to take one of your parcels?
2: Oh, that is a pain. Yeah. Well, with, with, with some of the delivery companies, you can leave specific instructions. Yeah, yeah. but do they read them? Not really. T- Tim's in and Tim! Good morning. You, you would take a neighbour. You take one for a neighbour, wouldn't you? Well, I would, yes. But I can understand why your neighbour
24: wouldn't want to. Why? Say, for instance, you've ordered something on the internet that you're desperately waiting for. It's a new scratching post for your cat.
2: Oh, beautiful, okay. yes, yes.
24: It turns up, but you're, you're not in. Yep. So they deliver it to your neighbour. Yep. And then she goes out, and she's out all evening, and she's out all evening the next evening, and she's out all evening the following evening. Yep. And you're sat at home with your piece of paper. Yep. Telling you that your brand-new scratching post that your cat's desperate for. Yep. Is at your neighbour's house, and you can't get it.
20: Yep.
2: Yep.
24: Well, it's surely better off to deliver it to a different neighbour who's going to
3: be
2: in. Well, I'm going to So, you're not against the concept per se of it being delivered to a neighbour, but I've got to specify which neighbour... Well, not necessarily specify which one, but allow neighbours to specify not them. But well, the, the, the neighbour can't, the woman is well with her grumpy, miserable, selfish rights. Maybe it, she's being thoughtful. No, she's not. You, she, you and your anticipation and your excitement about your new cat it, Listen, it, I would rather have to wait a couple of days to go to the next door neighbour than have to oh, drive really to, I don't maybe. know, Southport or Ealing to, a, to one of these depots.
24: Yeah, but if she just left
2: instructions to say, don't deliver it to me, deliver it to number 72 instead... Tim, stay there, Tim, Tim, Tim stay it. there. Mark, Mark's a courier. Good morning, Mark. I, um, Can, w- w- do you Do you normally do you get people saying, look, I'm sorry, mate, I don't want to accept that parcel for number 32?
24: What I often get is actually retailers who refuse for the courier staff to actually be able to do that. Oh. It's very easy if someone hasn't applied for a parcel themselves to oh. then collect it, collect it from a neighbour... And then phone the company up and say, "Where's my parcel?"
2: Oh, ah, so th- there is a little bit of skullduggery going on.
24: Yeah, there's, there's quite a lot of retailers these days that won't do it, and some of them will do it, but they have to actually be a, a note left on the door with a signature on it confirming the instruction of where to leave it.
2: What the hell is going on with this country, Mark? Well, you can't have a you can't have an iPad or a cat scratching post delivered to your next door neighbour without worrying about it.
24: Yeah, but the, the other thing as well, Ian, is. Um, and the other loophole with it is that there's often where, where companies buy online, but they're actually buying it on credit, and again, the credit company insists on it being delivered to you. Uh... Hey, Mark, you're not related to our cat, are you? No, but from what from what I can make out, she used to live not far away from where I was born. You're not our Mark. Uh... You can be
6: my Mark if you want. Yeah. Where are you from, Mark? Uh, I used I used to live in Blake, blakely and Ancoats and North Platte. Oh, flipping it! Yeah, right. Yeah, Might
2: it, be our mark. Is is he, is he posh? Is Mark posh? Oh yeah, like no? posh. Well, you, you consider anybody posh. Well, Mark, I, what do, what's the? Do you do you sometimes get stroppy people when you deliver your stuff? Yeah, but,
24: uh, sometimes we get stroppy neighbours when they've been absolutely on the lookout for you, and
2: you, you know that you're not allowed to give it. Up. Oh, flipping heck. Blimey, Mark! Listen, thank you very much. What is the... Uh, Paul, uh, I, I speak to you because you sound like a vicar. What is the world coming to?
14: It's terrible when you can't trust your neighbours to take your products. To take one in for you. I wonder what Jesus would have made of it. Hmm.
7: Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs.
11: BBC Three Counties Radio very slow at the moment on the A1 heading southbound um, just between the Great North Road and the Black Hat roundabouts. The M1's looking very slow moving at the moment between Junction 11 for Dunstable Road and Junction 9 for Redbourne. Taking a look at the M25 on the speed sensors. Heavy moving anti-clockwise between Junction 18 at Chorleywood and Junction 16 for the M40 and queuing in Brickett Wood on the North Orbital Road just at Junction 21A for the M25 and on a camera in Boreham Wood the Barnet Bypass is also queuing between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus just having a check on the trains and so far this morning everything seems to be running well across the three counties. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties.
2: <laughs> Nicola, now over to our BBC Three County's radio uh, theatre critic Paul Scoins. Paul, your review, please. A dazzling performance. Five stars. (gasps) Nicola, it doesn't get any better than that. It really is. It really is a magical morning for the travel. Fingers crossed. I think there might be an awards ceremony before the end of the show. I think some travel awards might be handed out. I've got a feeling that Elmer's Richards could be top of the league.
0: It's eight o'clock. I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines report reveals elderly man died after not receiving medication at Bedford Care Home. Praise for new Bedfordshire Police documentary and Luton Councillor's busway comments to be investigated. BBC Three Counties Radio. A reporter's revealed that an elderly man who had Parkinson's disease and dementia died after not receiving his medication for the whole duration of his stay at a care home in Bedford. 84 year old James Stewart was admitted to the Manton Heights Care Home at the beginning of of February and died at the end of April. An inquest takes place tomorrow. Mr Stewart's daughter, Kirsty Bourne, wants answers.
22: They had the correct list when he arrived. Somebody's handwritten the first facts to the chemist and they'd left off the carol doper and from then on in, it had never been included.
0: Television critics have praised the new documentary about Bedfordshire Police, which aired for the first time on Channel 4 last night. 24 Hours in Police Custody features footage from Luton Police Station and was described as gripping and fascinating. Roger Griff made a BAFTA award-winning police documentary in the 1980s.
19: What last night's show did was restore the sense of the boredom and the frustration and the you know, the maddening character of a lot of police work. and uh, I was impressed by I expected, I'm not sure what I expected, but I was pleased with what I saw.
0: David Cameron will pledge today that everyone will be able to see their GP at a time that suits them seven days a week by 2020 if the Conservatives remain in power. Earlier this year, a £50 million pilot scheme saw hundreds of surgeries opening every day in 20 areas. The Prime Minister will today give details of plans to extend the initiative. The National Audit Office has been asked to look into comments made by a councillor about the Luton to Dunstable busway. Speaking to this programme last week, Dave Taylor, who's in charge of transport, in Luton said figures presented to the government had been embellished. Political reporter Paul Scoynes has more. When
14: the recent figures on how many people used the new busway were revealed, they were dramatically down on predictions. Dave Taylor told Ian Lee this was because the original business case for the £91 million project had been pumped up. embellished the figures? Well, you, all, you always pump up the figures more than anything else. I didn't know you'd do that.
2: Well, I, well, of course you, course you do,
14: Ian. Now Margaret Hodge, the chair of the Commons Public Accounts Committee, has asked the parliamentary body which scrutinises public spending to look at these comments. A council spokesman has said the figures were not embellished or
0: manipulated in any way. An £11 million link road for Aylesbury is being opened officially this morning after over a year in construction. The road connects the A41 at Berryfields with the A413 at Buckingham Park. Motorists will be able to use it from midday. This September has been the driest across the UK since records began in 1910. The Met Office says it's also likely to Finish in the top five warmest, with mean temperatures significantly above the monthly average. In sport, Watford's third head coach this season takes charge of his first game tonight as the Hornets host Brentford. Billy McKinley was appointed yesterday after Oscar Garcia's decision to step down due to health reasons after just 27 days in charge. The weather mostly dry with some sunny spells, a maximum temperature 20 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Blimey, I've just seen something that's made me feel very old.
4: Today on BBC Three Counties Radio From Nine. The JVS Show With the big phone
5: in, the hottest topic of the day and your consumer problems. From Twelve.
4: Nick Coffer.
5: Bedfordshire author Bernard O'Connor talks about his new book Agent Rose which tells the story of Britain's forgotten wartime heroine. From Three.
4: Roberto Peroni.
1: I'm here with a roundup of the day's news, the latest travel and your stories. From Seven.
4: Three Counties
1: Sport. With live commentary on Wofford
7: versus Brentford.
4: Today on BBC Three Counties Radio.
2: Blimey, I'm an old man! 16 years ago today do you know what happened 16 years ago today do you know what happened 16 years ago today Catherine no the 11 o'clock show started (gasps) 16 years ago today gosh I was signing on I was skint and then suddenly I got a job that paid me mm, 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 a lot of money how old were you 16 years ago I was 25 I was a boy I was 21 it's a bit Uh, late for me 11 o'clock alright thank you very much indeed a little television programme I used 16 years ago. it, heck. Oh, I'm going to go home and have a little cry. Anyway, it's five minutes past eight. It is Tuesday the 30th of September. I'm Ian Lee. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Coming up, deficiencies in a care home. Your thoughts, please, on the police documentary series filmed in Luton that started last night on Channel 4 you got three cats or more, you're a weirdo. And are my neighbours miserable or right? They are refusing to accept any more parcels on my behalf. Oh, 08459 four double five five double five
4: Across beds, hearts and bucks.
7: This is BBC Three Counties
2: Radio. Ah, dear, 16 years ago, Catherine... 16 I know, ex- years. Isn't that funny? I know, for the first time in a long time, I know exactly where I was 16 years ago this very, very day. I was in a, a heightened state of excitement, um, anticipating my first foray into the world of proper TV.
6: I was in the wrong relationship.
2: Were you really? Yeah. Uh, I, was I was, was sitting 21? at home right now... <sighs> Getting very nervous and excited and trying to calm my nerves. No, actually, I was probably I was probably in the offices um, going You'd be out. asleep. Wouldn't you? No, eight o'clock? no, 8 o'clock. I was. Pro- Do you know? What? I was probably in the South Bank in uh, Seven Hatfield Street, um, um, about to go out and uh, wind up some people on the street.
6: Oh, yeah. That's
8: what I
2: was doing. Because you were
8: like their dealie, weren't you? I
2: was like their dealie.
8: I'm not too far removed from what you do.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So now you don't have to put a coat on. No, I don't. I can I can stay in the warm, comfortable studio. So in a way, here. it's progress. In, in many ways. In terms of, of uh, seating arrangements, definitely progress. In terms of, say, profile and pay, I, I've probably taken one or two steps backwards. But in terms of seating... Definitely progress. I
6: think that's I think that's still winning.
2: Yeah, I think I think you have gotta count yourself lucky wherever you can. Oh eight, four five nine, four double five, five double five. Now. An elderly Parkinson's and dementia sufferer was not given his medication for the duration of his two-month stay at Bedford. uh, So I can't speak today. A Bedford care home. That's according to a social services report into the treatment of James Stewart. If you were listening earlier, uh, we spoke to his daughter, Kirsty Bourne, who came in and told us uh, exactly what had happened. Pretty grim story. The 84-year-old was admitted to the Manton Heights care home at the beginning of February and died at the end of April. His daughter has lodged a complaint with the care Quality Commission. Well, Frank Ursel is from the Registered Nursing Home Association, which campaigns strongly for high standards in nursing home care. Frank, I, I think it's important to stress because I don't want this to be one of those shows that goes around terrifying people. The majority of care homes, the majority of carers, do an excellent job. It's absolutely right, absolutely right, and, and they they, are, and they they are wonderful. But 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 we do hear, don't we, stories like this where the care is way below standard.
18: <laughs> unfortunately so that you're absolutely right that that also occurs it's uh, not something that we uh uh, we, we enjoy, um, but at the same time, we, what we do uh, promote is that there should be a swift and, and, and positive action in relation to where these, these discrepancies are found.
2: Giving out uh, medication is, is a, a vital role for a lot of these people in care homes. My mum is in one, and I know that they take the medication very seriously. And if I take my mum out for a day, I always get taken into a little side room and given a stern talking to as to exactly what time I have to give her a medication. It's all in those um, blister packets. It's a basic, isn't it? <laughs>
18: And, and I have to say, in relation to Parkinson's, it's even more of a basic because Parkinson's medication re- regime is, is is very strict. And uh, I, I suspect that not only is the lack of tablets, but the, the breaking this regime has been uh, instrumental in this uh, in, in this particular incident.
2: Rank Care is the, uh, the the company responsible for this 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 home. They're going to have to do a lot of work, aren't they, to convince people that they are able to uphold basic standards.
18: Um, they they are uh, and I I do think they've done a lot that way because they've been again by the cqc and on this occasion they were found to be significantly better than last time but uh, one would hope that it would have improved from that previous that uh, uh, may inspection which was which is dreadful but the, the, the latest one is uh, is far more positive and it does show the amount of work that rank have put into this this particular home which i suppose we, we we've got to thank them for but again it shouldn't have got to this place in the first in the first place
2: rank care has, uh, has refused to apologize to the family i have my suspicions why what do you make of it
18: um, well, I don't know anything about that side of it. What I would say, though, is I rather suspect... Um you know, just as I know that how important Parkinson's drugs are, I rather suspect it's a bit more than, uh, than just a medication issue. I think it, it, it probably stems from um, the handover from hospital, the assessment undertaken at the time uh, by the home when the patient came into the, the nursing home. And, and those are two key areas. Now, if, if at either of those areas uh, Parkinson's had been mentioned, then the nurses uh, who would have been on duty would have been well aware that they need to look for um, particular medication. And, uh, and so I think it, 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 it probably is a... Uh, uh, a, a number of things all coming together unfortunately with, with the result that, that it's had um, but it, all these things can um, the, the Care Quality Commission so often say that uh, uh, it's all about uh, how, the, how the home is led, how, the mani- how good the manager is and, and I have to say in this particular case they're absolutely right it's, uh, it seems it is a poor management uh, area of the home at that time uh, which is seen by the fact that so many have been suspended or left
2: uh frank listen i you, you answered the next question for me they have been suspended the the, the uh, uh the nursing unit is closed is, is is that good enough do you think
18: well it certainly stops anything else of this nature happening, doesn't it i mean that's uh that's the first positive from it. But, um, but it, it, and again, I think it's, it, it, it's um, I suppose it's an appropriate action on the part of rank to actually mm-hmm. uh, not put anybody else at risk in that unit. Um, but I feel sure that when they do uh, open it again, then it will be, uh, first of all, much better monitored by CQC. Uh, and, and secondly, I think it could well have the, the proper managers there this time.
2: Frank, I really appreciate your thoughts on this this morning. Frank Ursell from the Registered Nursing Home Association. <laughs> Across
4: beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties
2: my, Radio. My, um, My thoughts on why Rank Care have refused to apologise to the family. I'm making this up entirely, I have nothing to base it on, but, well, if they apologise, wouldn't that leave them open to uh, litigation? Doesn't that accept, mean they accept some form of responsibility? When my mum uh, had carers going into her home and two of the carers nicked loads of money and jewellery from her, the uh, head of the uh, care agency refused to apologise. Good grief. First of all, I phoned him up and said, why haven't you phoned up my mother to talk to her about this? He said, well, I think it would be inappropriate while an investigation is going on. I didn't buy it, but I went with it. And then when the w- one of the women got let off and one of them was sent to prison, I phoned up, Why are you going to phone up and apologise to my mum? I don't think it's appropriate. It, uh, and it's—I'm making up because it then leaves them open to litigation, doesn't it? You can—if if they apologise, that means they are accepting responsibility for faults in their system, and then you can sue the the ass off them. I didn't want to sue them. I wanted the boss, who my mum liked, even though I thought he was a dodgepot, slimy little creep, I wanted him to phone up and apologize, because it would have meant lo- Would have meant anything to me. It would have meant a lot to her.
6: It would have meant y- your mum felt safer about living in her home. Yep.
2: Yep. It would have done. Oh eight four five 455 555. 24 hours in police custody. Paul in Bletchley. Morning, Paul. Morning, in. Yeah. yeah. Did you watch it? I certainly did, and it was gripping television. I thought it was excellent. Andrew, oh. our first caller, thought it was boring.
9: Well, if you under, if you're interested in the legal system, um, you know most of us are just late, you know, sort of part time. But no, I thought it was really good. It was, you know, it showed the detectives as human beings who had lives of their own and um, ordinary people. And um, and there was a lot of tension in the programme because you know you were thinking this chap kept saying no comment all the time. He's got something to hide. Um, you know, you thought oh, he's going to get convicted for this. Is you know there's uh, no smoke without fire. And then at the end um he, he got
2: found not guilty um, yeah we have to just of course flag that up that uh, mr yes. baig was found not guilty at the end of the show i thought it was pre- the story the narrative i thought was presented excellently
9: it was it was yeah it was it was it was it was it was good i mean it's this first of something like 20 programs so i think we've got something to look forward to here and um yeah, I mean, I'm interested to know whether um, the Crown Prosecution Service, if more evidence came available, um, what's the legal situation? Are they allowed to appeal this at all? I mean, I, I don't know much. Well, you know, I'm not saying they would want to at all. You know, but it was, it was, yeah, it's an interesting. there were some interesting legal points in the bragman. And also, the other, it was the four of the six were, were already found guilty. You know, would this, if they appealed, you know, presumably this was all clear because the, the this. You know, the court um, case for Mister Nag was only in August, wasn't it? A month Mm -hmm. or so ago. So, if these other chaps appealed their things, would would this program prejudice their their chances of an appeal? You know, I don't know. It's 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 full of legal things, isn't it?
6: It was really interesting. I thought, Paul, because we would never see that unless we were very, very unlucky. We would never see that side
2: of life, would we?
9: No, we wouldn't. No, we wouldn't. And it no, absolutely, it was excellently done. It was. It was.
2: You know, it's well worth anybody. Are we being suckered in, Paul? Let me let me be cynical for a second. Yes, there, there were concerns yesterday. This will be a puff piece for Bedford uh, for Luton Police, Bedford, Bedfordshire Police. Are we being suckered in? Is is, is this um, kind of painting a rosy picture where perhaps there isn't one?
9: No, I think these days, police, the way they conduct these in- inquiries, it's not
2: like in the old days of Zed Cars or
9: the Bill or how we're led to believe that it's all this sort of, um, you know, really full-on interviewing. It's mm. not. You know, it's very it's subtle and very well done, isn't it?
10: It I was mean, it's really
6: just- clever, really clever, because the, the, yes. the, the leading policeman on that kind of used charm, didn't he? You know, it wasn't like the swing, He didn't grab hold of his collar and drag him across the desk and give him a slap. You can't do that anymore
9: no, no, and you don't get results anyway. It's, um, you know, m- maybe Mr Nag was, maybe it was more down to trying to protect some of his um, relatives
16: or...
2: Well, we, 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 get, we have to, I just Just have to reiterate that, uh, that uh, the gentleman Mahmoud Baig uh, was, uh, Maboo Baig, sorry, was uh, found not guilty in a court of law and that's, uh, that's the fact of the show. That's the fact of the story. Your thoughts on it, please. If you saw it, what did you think? 08459 four double five five double five. Do you find yourself looking at the police and in a slightly different way after last night's show. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs.
11: BBC Three Counties Radio. Rather right slow moving at the moment on the A428, heading eastbound between the Great North Road and Caxton Gibbet. The A1M's looking heavy, heading southbound um, between Junction 8 and Junction 7 for Stevenage. The M1 looking quite slow moving between Junction 11 at Dunstable Road and Junction 9 for Redbourne. And very heavy on the M25, that's heading anti clockwise just at Junction 25 for Enfield. Some roadworks are taking. Taking place there, causing delays. Also slow on the A414 at the Park Street roundabout, and in Hemel Hempstead, the A41 that's queuing heading eastbound between the Hemel Hempstead turnoff and Kings Langley. Nicola Richards, BBC Three, Counties Radio. Nicola,
2: yeah. <clears throat> I've um, I've just been handed a letter. Should I open Ooh, it?
11: Yeah, do yeah. Kay. Oh goodness. Oh. The pressure.
2: It's the long list. For the Travel Awards 2014. Ah, exciting isn't it? There are ten names on here. (sighs) Did I make it? Mm -hmm. Oh, Nicola, I'm so sorry. What? You made the long list for the (gasps) Travel Awards 2014! (laughs) This is insane! Apparently we're gonna be getting the short list in about 15 minutes. Will you be around? Oh, absolutely. Oh Nicola, this is wonderful. Well done, my darling. Well done, my darling. Well done. Speak to you soon. It's 8.17. It's Tuesday, the 30th of September. I'm in Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A report has revealed that an elderly man who had Parkinson's disease and dementia died after not receiving his medication at a care home in Bedford. Television critics have praised the new documentary about Bedfordshire police, which aired for the first time on Channel 4 last night. And in sport, Watford's third head coach of the season, Billy McKinley, takes charge for tonight's home game against Brentford. BBC Three Counties Radio.
1: Every weekday from three. Roberto Peroni. Are league tables the best way to judge a school? Panel, do you have any sympathy for the Buckinghamshire golfer Ian Poulter? Police are issuing safety advice to women in Watford, but I'm fascinated by the age gap between her and her husband. Figures show that around half a million pounds was spent in Hertfordshire last year, clearing up after people who dump rubbish. Then you just hate them? Roberto Peroni. There's been an extraordinary action on social media. My big concern is that no one ever worries about the victims. whole system is
2: designed to help the criminal.
4: Roberto Peroni weekdays from three BBC three counties radio.
2: I thoroughly enjoyed that program last night uh, Jonathan the uh, the police customer. and I do f- I have to keep saying this I feel bad because I did yesterday what I-, I vowed after Splash I would never do again. I was dissing a television program without having seen it and I was believing the nonsense that was written in the Daily Mail when the Daily Mail was talking out of its backside. You see. Yeah so uh, Colette Paul I I kind of feel I owe her an apology. You won't hear that very often. Good grief. No, I, I, I gave her a rough ride um, based on a story in the Daily Mail. What about Ollie Martins? Well, he hadn't seen it. <laughs> I'll
5: be interested to find out he's come we can speak to him Do you uh, Do you owe Ollie Martins an apology? No. No.
2: I'll be interested to see if he watched it. Like, he said he was going to Sky Plus it. I was watching Did it yesterday. Ch- yeah, he said. I was watching it yesterday afternoon, probably before him, because we, we just got in touch with the press department. I said, any chance we could uh, have a look? Oh, yeah, sure. Here's a link. Thanks. Brilliant. So we'll see if uh, Ollie's uh, watched it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. What did you make of it? I thought it, was, I thought it was excellent. And i tell you what I
5: loved. These two chaps who, to start with, you know, one was a former holiday rep. The other one looked like he works in a library. Yeah. And you're kind of watching and you think, what are these two going to do? They were brilliant, weren't they? That, 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 they were absolutely uh, brilliant. They were so clever. The way they, they put it all together, they were excellent.
2: Sorry, just sorry. I should have asked at the start. What do you like to be called? Is it uh, Maboob, Mabs? What, what's, what name do you first? It's brilliant when they threw that in. Brilliant. And you think, because up until then I thought, oh, this is a bit this is a bit, yeah. bit of a rubbish interview. No comment, no comment. Well, to start with, I thought, because they lulled me
5: as a viewer into the full sense of security like they did him.
10: Because
5: yeah. they were doing the whole kind of nicey-nicey, weren't they? Yeah. You know, calling him mate and having yeah. a chat and you felt, you know, and they were having a bit of a laugh. By the end of it, I loved it when they stopped the tape recorder and the two police officers had another laugh, and by that point, it's good to talk. They 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 weren't uh,
2: they, they weren't laughing at all. I thought it was a fact because you, you you never get to see that. You get to see, it's all I can't think of any t- police dramas. It's all cracker or ki- the killing or you know it's all those kind of interrogation scenes where it's someone standing up, slamming down, tell us where it is.
5: But don't don't you think it was also very reassuring in the police that they put so much thought and effort yeah. into trying to sort these things out? Yeah. You know, they don't, just, they don't just cobble it together. They have meetings, they decide on their strategy, they yep. look at the evidence they've got in front of them, and then they structure a very clever interview. I thought it was excellent. Well,
2: we've been talking about this morning. We'll be speaking to Ollie Martins very, very shortly to find out if he did watch it. I know he's on the line. Uh, What what are you... uh, You're discussing as well, are you, today? No. Well, I am, yes, but after ten. Okay. On the
5: big phone in this morning, uh, one of the other big stories around today, is it hard to keep children's teeth healthy? Public Health England have revealed that more than one in ten three-year-olds in this country have tooth decay. And by the time they reach five, one in four will struggle to keep their teeth healthy. The organisation surveyed 54,000 children and discovered that 12% had an average of three decayed teeth and teeth which were missing or filled. Little tiny children here. Researchers were interested to find children suffering from decay to their frontal teeth, which is generally caused by consumption of sugary drinks. Their message to parents this morning is don't give your children lots of sugary drinks and ensure you start brushing their teeth as soon as their teeth
2: appear. Does that... I'm I'm amazed that advice needs to be given out. You've got a a toothy peg, you give it a brush.
5: Well, 12% of children now, little children in this country, have got
2: tooth decay. It's pretty shocking. I had my first ever filling six months ago. Did you? And I was so disappointed in myself, yeah. How did you let that happen? (sighs) Poor dental hygiene.
15: Naughty. Yeah.
5: Well, coming up from nine, uh, and I I can't really answer this question, but I'm hoping you and others like you who have had children will be able to answer it. Is it hard to keep children's teeth healthy? Yeah, it is. Is it? Why yeah. is it? Why is it hard? I don't know.
2: It, well, it's hard because they don't want to brush their teeth. But that's tough. They've got to brush their teeth. It's it, it's hard in that the, the easy thing to do is I don't want to brush my teeth. Oh, all right, forget it. We, we'll do it tomorrow. Uh, but you make them brush their teeth. You you instill in them the discipline of brushing their teeth. You you keep them away from chocolates and sweets. My boys, four and two, don't even know what Coca Cola is. They think it's daddy's medicine. They don't want to drink that. Uh, so you just, you have to put a bit of effort
5: into it. Well, from Nine, I'd like your views as well. Is it hard to keep children's teeth healthy? 08459 four double five five double five. It's the big phone in from Nine.
4: Across beds, hearts and bucks.
7: This is Ian Lee.
4: BBC Three Counties Radio.
2: So, we talked about it yesterday. Your homework, dear listener, was to watch it. The documentary, 24 Hours in Police Custody, filmed at Luton's Nick. It had its first airing uh, at 9pm. Yesterday, Chief Constable Colette Paul admitted giving permission for the Fly on the Wall series was a bit of a gamble. But the uh, critics' reviews and the viewers' reviews primarily seem to be uh, quite favourable. Now, uh, uh, we spoke to the Bedfordshire Police and Crime Commissioner, Ollie Martins, yesterday. He hadn't watched an advance copy. Ollie, have you seen it now? I have. Yeah. Did yeah. Did you watch it last night? I did. Yeah. What did you think of it?
3: Well, as we discussed yesterday, I knew what was going to happen, but I just I couldn't take my eyes off it. I was really gripped. I think it's really, really
2: well done. You say you knew it was going to happen. You, you hadn't seen it, which I was quite surprised by. Yeah, well,
3: at least I'm not going to be accused of any political interference in it, am I?
2: Well done. Excellent. Uh, it, it, it was... Do you think it's... Um, how do you think it portrayed the police force?
3: Well, I, think, I think it was um, authentic. You know, you, you saw uh, uh, what it's really like, and I, and I think that's what you get. You know, the, the way it was made, they stuck uh, festooned the inside of Luton Police Station with um, cameras for six weeks, uh, and what you get from that is, is what policing really looks like.
2: We did hear arguments from uh, the, where are you phoning us from Ollie? is yeah, it 1920 it it's <laughs> yeah. a terrible hold <laughs> as well so it's, um, it's, it's not it uh, was we did have um, some critics yesterday um, who hadn't seen the program but were worried it would be a puff piece for the police that the, the loom police has had um, you know, a bit of a bad rap the last 12 months or so uh, and that this would kind of gloss over things. What do you make of that?
3: Well, I think it was an exercise in, in the force being transparent you know, inviting the cameras in for six weeks and, and letting them film pretty much um, everything that, that went on in the station for six weeks and, uh, you know, as I say I think, I think what you get is, is what you see and, you know, that's why I feel that uh, as an exercise in transparency and, you know, having only watched one episode so far, but I do feel pretty vindicated in uh, in agreeing with the Chief Constable that we should have garden productions in.
2: Do you, do you think that uh, Colette, it was a good call of uh, Colette to, to give this the thumbs up?
3: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, we were, you know, as she described yesterday, we were nervous because yeah. not, not all um, programmes where, uh, you know, fly-on-the-wall police uh, programmes uh, are successful, uh, do portray the police in a particularly positive light, um, but it looked like um, you know, this one is, is going to provide that authenticity.
2: Uh, Ollie, listen, I'm going to let you go. It sounds like we're talking to an old fashioned gramophone record, a '78. Thank you very much uh, for that, Ollie. Of course, uh, you, you, um, the, the Colette Paul was slightly less nervous yesterday. She had seen the program, Ollie hadn't. I'm glad that you have now, sir. Um, we're
6: going to watch reviews all the time if we can, aren't we? Well, if they, they I, I think send us one. Why wouldn't we want to watch it?
2: I think it's a cracking program. It's certainly going on the Skylink for me. The, the, the press department said they would they would uh, consider it on a case by case basis. So oh, I'm hoping really? we I'm hoping we get a copy every every Friday afternoon. I'll beg them every Friday. Yeah, so we can talk about it Monday. Uh, Laura's in Bedford. Morning, Laura. Good morning. Your thoughts on the program, please. It was
23: fantastic. Tell I me was. why. It was. I thought it was um, so well done, and that everybody came across so well and so professional. I was I was very very impressed and. It was actually, the way, the, the way it was laid out, the format, it was like it was like a, a really good film. It was like me and my husband didn't want it to end. I know, I know what you mean. It was, it, they were telling a story, they were, weren't they? Was, yeah, it was brilliant. The way they actually put it together, was, I thought it was very, very clever. But then they didn't lose that. I think it still kept its um, professionalism as well at the same time. I thought it was very clever.
2: Uh, we've had a, a, an email from Kent. I love that even the guy accused got to hear about the trip to Vegas. That- yeah, <laughs>
23: That, uh, some of those oh, that was so funny, and just those bits about the uh, when he about his holiday and everything, and you see the other one yawning. That was so good. Let I me mean, pa- they'll be laughing about that when they see.
2: Laura, it. Laura, listen, pa- pa, It's it's very unusual for me to be so uncynical. So I, I'm going to force myself to be a little bit cynical. Okay. Is, is there a danger? that um, we are getting a puff piece, that we are, that, 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 you know, Luton Police have been accused of some pretty mucky things in the last 12 months, and that we are, you know, it's smoke and mirrors, and we're, you know, we're being distracted.
23: Ah! mm there is that slight, slight chance but then you can't I mean it's a fly on the wall documentary it's not staged is it so this is the way it actually is so um, you know if, uh, if they are trying to put themselves in a good light then you know I-, I think they should. we should see the other side I mean I was the two the two men that they've obviously that agreed to do it they were I mean the the ex-holiday rep and the one that looks like Penfold from Danger Mouse I mean oh my goodness me
2: oh yes I know exactly <laughs> what you mean
23: yeah. Bless, I mean he obviously he looked like the brains behind it he was I mean the two characters but together I mean, I was very impressed with the way that they ha- they handled um, the um, uh, the suspects. So I was, I, you know, it does come across ever so well. So if there is a little bit of that, well, you know, I mean, what's so what's what's is that a bad thing? Because we only ever see things negative things, don't we? So if they can come across better, then so be it.
2: Uh, Laura, thank you very much indeed. We should let's just keep our realist hats on for a second. It's a fly on the door, docu- fly on the wall documentary. This is, a, yeah, but. These things are always edited. These things are always cut. And here's a little secret. You know those bits when he was showing pictures of his holiday and then you saw the bloke looking bored? That probably wasn't filmed at exactly the same time. That shot of him looking bored, was pro- it, it, it was probably filmed, you know, in the same few minutes, the same hour, but it wouldn't have been filmed exactly the same t- It wouldn't have been a direct reaction to him looking at those photographs. That would have come from something else.
6: But anyway, where did he go on holiday?
2: I've got no
7: idea at all! <laughs>
11: Still queuing at the moment on the A428 heading eastbound between the Great North Road and caxton so Taking a look at the A1M, that's looking rather slow on the sensors heading southbound just at Junction 8 for Stevenage. And the A5 looking rather heavy at the moment between Kensworth and Junction 9 for the M1. Slow moving on the A414 just at the Park Street roundabouts. And the M25 heading anti-clockwise, very slow between Junction 20 at Kings Langley and Junction 16 for the M3. 40. Also queuing on the A41, heading eastbound between the Hemel Hempstead turn off and junction 20 for the M25. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Nicola,
2: Nicola, Nicola. I've been waiting well, for this. I've been sent another letter. Ooh. Okay. Just, just been delivered by the postman. It was actually, it was sent next door, um, uh, but they refused to take it, so we got it. Here we go. Let me open that. It's Pressure's the on. shortlist. For this year's 2014 National Travel Awards. Now I'm not going to read out any of the names just yet because we can't. This is unbongoed until quarter two. Oh, Nicola! Nicola! Oh, really? I'm so so sorry. I'm so so sorry. I can't deal with this. You didn't make it to the shortlist. What? Oh, hang on, sorry, are you Nicola Richards? Yeah, that's it. You're totally on the show list! This is awesomeness! I'm going to eat my own body, I'm so excited! I'm pumped. Nicola? Yeah? The awards yeah. are being announced in 15 minutes, can you join us? Absolutely. We'll see you then, my darling. Oh.
7: Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is
4: BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: At 8.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Reporters revealed that an elderly man who had Parkinson's disease and dementia died after not receiving his medication at a care home in Bedford. Television critics have praised the new documentary about Bedfordshire Police, which aired for the first time on Channel 4 last night. David Cameron is promising more GP surgeries will open seven days a week. The National Audit Office has been asked to look into comments made by a councillor about the Luton to Dunstable busway. And this September has been the driest across the UK Since records began in 1910. Three Counties Sports.
4: BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: Watford begin life under new head coach Billy McGinley tonight as they host Brentford at Vicarage Road. McGinley was appointed yesterday after Oscar Garcia's decision to step down due to health reasons after just 27 days in charge. McGinley, the Hornets' third head coach this season, says he'll take his time in making any changes.
15: Well, I'll put my personal traits on, on, on how I see the, the team playing, but, you know, listen, we're healthy, we're in a good position, you know, for a reasonable start to the season. Some really, really good things on Saturday. Some things we need to work on. So you know, I'm as I say, I'm excited about that, and I'm sure small things will change over over the next days and weeks.
0: And there's full commentary on Watford versus Brentford in tonight's 3 counties sport from seven. Also tonight, the Champions League resumes with Manchester City at home to Roma and Chelsea away to Sporting Lisbon. The Newcastle manager Alan Pardew is under increasing pressure after a 1-0 defeat at Stoke last night. The club's owner, Mike Ashley, had joked with a newspaper reporter that Pardew would be sacked if he failed to win. The Stoke manager, Mark Hughes, has sympathy for Pardew.
3: It's not easy. I've been in that situation as well and, and all you can do is, is work hard and, and I know he's an exceptionally hard-working manager and uh, he he, he will be working with his staff to to turn things around. I thought they they played well for for him tonight and uh, that will encourage him, I'm sure.
0: There were 1,600 fans at Stevenage's Lamex Stadium last night as Tottenham lost 2-1 to Manchester United in the Under-21 Premier League. And Andy Murray plays his first-round match at the ATP event in Beijing this morning. Murray is bidding to qualify for the end-of-season World Tour Finals in London. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at nine.
4: Across beds, hearts and
0: bucks. This is Ian Lee.
4: BBC Three Counties Radio.
2: Nicola, 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 I really wish you the best of luck, my darling. You deserve this. You've worked so, so hard. It really has been a magical six or seven months. And um, Well, the 2014 National Travel Presenter Awards will be announced in approximately 11 minutes' time, and our very own Nicola Richards is up there in the shortlist of five. Let's keep our fingers crossed. Let's just keep our fingers crossed. What else are we talking about between now and nine o'clock? If you've got more than two cats, you're a fruitcake. You're a loon. You are a nut job. Uh, Particularly if you're a woman that lives on your own. Yes, Kelly?
8: I had a cat. Right. Which I thought was male. Right. Got quite fat. Had babies. So there was a period of time where we had loads of cats.
2: At what point did you realise it was not a male cat? When When the the third, fourth baby came out?
6: When we were like, what? The Do you know what you've that? just done there? You've just confirmed his
2: case. Yeah. Well, kittens don't... get. Did you get rid of the kittens? I don't mean in a sack.
8: We, we, uh... Distributed, yeah, the, distributed
6: kittens.
2: That's fine. the kittens. That's, that's fine. That's that fine. That can happen. That can you happen. It's when, you, like. uh, okay. right. it's when you Sorry. own three or more adult cats. On purpose. On purpose. And one of them is probably a stray. Mm. That is a lunacy.
6: They're just using you anyway.
2: The Well...
6: Yeah. yeah, they are. Strays are.
2: My bed is filthy at the moment. Ugh. I mean, just absolute... F- I'll take a picture of it. I won't post it online because it's disgusting. Is it like-
6: anything to do with
8: your cat?
2: Unlike like Mr f- Trebus. Uh, yeah, it, it's the, where the cat sleeps and she's molting. I need to give her a brush and a stern telling off, young lady. And How a worries.
6: bath. Can you bath a cat?
2: No, mate. You can. No. Sometimes she's really like started it. to annoy me recently because she, um, she sleeps in my bedroom and I shut the door so I'm not disturbed by my annoying family. But she, I get into bed and I start to doze off and she goes and has a drink of water. I think, oh, here we go. And then she wants to go out and have a wee. Yeah. So she claws at the door. So I've got to let her out. If I shut the door, she wants to come back in. So I've got to leave the door open so I can with my own family.
6: You know uh, what that situation is? She's using you. No. You're in her bedroom. You're her servant. It's in my bedroom. No. Nope. That's her bedroom.
2: Oh wait, four, five, nine, four, double five five double five. She's just five tolerating you
6: because you serve her. Do
8: you Irritating want to hear
6: a cat fact that might not be true.
2: Um, yeah. Sure.
6: Okay,
8: if you were on your own, you and you died, it would eat you. Yeah. If you had a dog,
2: <laughs> it wouldn't. It would lick you. It would
8: you. lay down next to you and die with you. Yeah, no, which probably is why it would have a little nibble as well. Which I is think.
2: why cats are better because they are sensible they and not are more dumb clever. like dogs. Dumb dogs. Uh, we're also asking uh, my neighbours are now refusing to take any parcels from. We don't have loads. Next door has had like three in 20 months. Come on, guys. What's your beef? There are some Texas on this. Go on, then.
6: I happily accept parcels for one neighbour. However, the other side is rented out to many different tenants. So I don't, says Val. Yes, she doesn't. No, she doesn't. What does that even mean, Val? She doesn't know who they are. Why is she going to take their stuff in? It might be anything.
2: Sweet talking gal. Uh,
6: Also, 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 I always take partner... Pardon? I'm so sorry about this, Helen It's a really good point And he's doing that
2: No, it's, um We're having a, what, is it, what does he call it? What does, um uh, uh, Wally Webbs call it? Um early, slip early, morning, early morning slip We're having an early morning slip
6: <laughs> Helen always takes in parcels For the neighbours okay. And delivery people know we do It helps everyone out And it's a good way To get to know new neighbours And the only time We refused <sighs> to take packages Was after the people Living opposite Had been home for several hours But waited until gone 10.30pm Before collecting it oh, no, no, just
2: a- No, rude. you don't You don't go around After half past seven To collect the package we don't do that. But no. you, collect, you, you take the package for your neighbours, guys. Also, if you saw the police show last night, your thoughts on that, please. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five is the uh, phone number.
6: Janet thought it was a brave and ultimately brilliant piece of TV. It showed the police at their very best. Kath can't do it.
2: Kath what? can't slurp.
8: Kath can't slurp. slurp I don't slurp because I'm a lady.
2: Slurp on it. Go on. No. Slurp on it. Can't. Certainly not. The very idea. You don't have to slurp. Go. On, slurp on it. No. Put it in your mouth and slurp on it. You put it down. Pick it up. Right here we go. Pick it up.
6: No. Pick it up.
2: All right. All right. Put, it, Put it, it down. No. Leave it on the table. Okay. Fine. You've done it. You've done what I told you to do. I told you to leave it on the table. You've left it on the table.
6: I'm not slurping it though. And that was your aim.
2: Pick can't... it up. She picked it up. Put it down. Pick it up. Could Pick I it up. T- Put it in your mouth. Slurp on it. Like a good girl. Go on. Thank you very much indeed. Mark's in Bletchley. Good morning, Mark. Hello, Ian. How you doing? You're on form today. I'm just about getting away with it, Mark. Oh, great. Uh, Smashing. Yes, um... All right, Jim Bowen,
16: what have you got for us? (laughs) It's funny. Recently, I compiled a list of my favourite travel presenters. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, I stuck it on my Facebook page. It's a bit like getting them a bit of credit because uh, they do work really hard. So uh, so it's, who it's, are your favourite travel
2: to, presenters then?
16: Well, number one, I, I'm down Blessy Town Centre at the moment, so I've got my tranny on my belt sort of thing. Oh, so I'm <laughs> Yeah, you're allowed to say that. And uh, I, I, the top one is Anne Bond. And Anne Bond made it to Radio 1 uh, last week. Hey, yeah, I posted. I posted it on your um, Ian Lee. Um, oh, uh, I saw I think... that. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Oh, that was yeah. you. All right. Uh, yes, okay. That was me, done that. So uh, she made it to, uh, to um, I think, a Greg James show on Radio 1. Ah, uh, right? so not proper Radio 1, then? Well, yeah, well, it was proper oh. Radio 1. But uh, oh. yeah, Nicola's, uh, Nicola's brilliant. She's, she's got...
2: really coming, she's really developing her
16: own unique style, oh, isn't yeah. she? Yeah, she's fun and she's, she's got her own face. She's, page f- she's as well. fruity. She's fruity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Will you
2: be listening? I, I'm assuming you'll be living, to, listening to the announcement of the uh, National Travel Awards 2014 uh, gold medalist,
16: uh, quarter oh, two. I certainly will. I, I, I shall get my vote. I think there's a Sony on the way here, Ian.
2: Mark, thank you very much indeed. Graham's in
16: Hemel. Good morning, Graham. Good morning, Ian. Are you as
2: excited about the travel awards as Mark was? Oh, totally. Can't wait. It's going to be g- groundbreaking stuff. What have you got for us, sir?
24: Um, just like the uh, parcels. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, my neighbours—they they must get one. I don't know, one every two weeks or so, and they always give us a chocolate bar, a big massive chocolate bar. The kids love it.
2: Oh really? What? So you—they get a parcel, you delivered to yours, and then they give you yeah. chocolate every time? They certainly do. yeah. Bl- me, me and my wife, one time, we were arguing about it, saying, "Oh, we can't," you know, we're,
24: we're getting sick of it because it really is every other week, like. And we said, "Oh, but what about the kids with the chocolate?" And they always—they always guaranteed with the chocolate. Wow. Well.
2: I was thinking, I was, the the woman, one of the people who lives near me, who's reluctant to take parcels, I was considering getting them a bottle of wine. Yeah, well. Yeah, until my wife said, oh, yeah, um, maybe wine isn't the best idea for that person, perhaps they enjoy wine a little bit too much. Hey, mate, my cheap wine, eh? Yeah, cheap wine, that's the way to do it. Graham, thank you very much indeed. Bar a chocolate every time you get a parcel. I've
6: been doing it for nothing. You've
2: been ripping me off. You do it for nothing because it's neighbours. Matt, I bet Matt and Luton is heartbroken by this state of affairs, aren't you, Matt?
19: Well. Hello? I'm a, I'm afraid to tell you I will never, ever again take a parcel in for anybody.
2: Oh, oh, not you, Matt. I thought you were old school. He's been burnt. You know I got
19: done.
18: You know I got done.
2: Tell us what happened, Matt. <sighs>
18: I was in the front garden cutting the grass.
19: Postman turned up. He had a big parcel, quite a big, heavy parcel. Big sack. It was a part for a car from next door. So <clears throat> I said, I'll take it in. Of course, I we will put it in the porch. I carried on cutting the grass.
2: Finished cutting the
16: grass. I went round the back.
2: I'm legs akimbo at the moment, Matt. Oh, What's that? Well. I'm legs akimbo. <laughs> Got my leg, legs up on the table, and they seem oh, to explain. you can have your legs where
1: you want. You won't believe this go what on. happened. Tell us what happened, fella.
6: Ripping yarn. Come
2: on.
1: If you let me do it, let me say I, but it, a, instead a, of butting in all a, the a,
2: time. Matt, but is an interesting choice of words, but yeah. I am letting you do it, Matt. I, I didn't mean to break your flow. Apologies. Let's yeah. start from the beginning. So, you so are living I, in a house. I had the
19: parcel
18: in the porch.
2: Let's go back to the beginning, Matt. Come on, focus. You live in a house, and what happened? No, I, I live in a bungalow next door. I took the parcel in. I would Consider a bungalow still to be a house? Oh, would you God. not, uh, Kelly? Would you consider a bungalow to be a house? I live in you a know bungalow. You're a pain in me arse. Do you, do you want to hear this or not, Catherine? Would you consider a bungalow to be a house? It doesn't
6: matter. He had a porch. He put the parcel in there. Matt, carry
2: well, on. Hang on a minute.
6: Bungalows a house. I have a bungalow.
2: Okay, Matt. So you've got you've got a house. Do, do you know you why mean? they? Hey, here's something. Do you know why they call it a bungalow?
19: Yeah. I'm not saying a word.
2: Do you know why they call it a bungalow? You just get on my nerves. Shall I tell you what, this is this is good. Hey, Kath, do you know why they call it a bungalow a bungalow?
10: Doesn't it
6: come from Hindi or something?
2: I thought it was Spanish. No. You're going, he's going to tell us, so tell us and let's get it over and it done. It comes with. from Hindi, bungalow. I
1: couldn't get my monkeys.
2: Bungalow. And it's um, a one floored apartment, usually made out of straw. So there's no, they don't have an upstairs and it's called a bungalow. Mm-hmm. Good. Anyway, Matt. So you live in a house. I'm so pleased to hear that Ian. You've really helped me I'm out. just going to Google bungalows. Matt, can you get to the point of the story, please, mate? Because this is really dragging on quite a long time. Yes. Well, who's dragging it? You are. You're dragging it. You won't tell us the story. You live in a house <laughs> in India. You haven't got a top floor, and then you stole a, a lawnmower or something from a postman. I'm really losing the will to live.
14: Um.
18: Oh, it's
6: Gujarati. It's not Hindi. Silly. Yeah, uh, bungalow. Kelly,
18: I'm going to hang up, and they're in there,
6: it. Tell us the story before you hang up. You
18: irritating old crap. man. I can't take this crap.
6: I well can't take. Right, he's gone. It's from the Gujarati Bangalow. I can tell you what Matt was going to say. Nah, I don't bother. Which comes from the Hindi... Oh, hang on, I was half right. What if Hindi, I say Bangla, voice? meaning Bengali.
2: Oh, wait, full five. By the way, there were, there were two categories, Cs. We did, I think we can get away with that. Some of you may be offended, and before it becomes a thing, apologies for any bad language, and if you've got young people... In so
6: the anyway, car. he put the parcel in his porch, someone pinched it, and a row ensued, because the neighbour in question was also a family member.
2: Matt, why didn't you tell us that? Well, you wouldn't let me, would you? Yeah, fair point, actually. Fair point. Oh, wait, 459-455-555. Exciting times as we are about to announce the winner of the 2014 National Travel Awards. As long as nothing nasty's happened. As long as nothing nasty's happened.
7: Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs.
11: BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting off on the A1 heading southbound rather heavy between the Great North Road and the Black Cats roundabouts. Also building up on the M1 between Junction 11 at Dunstall Road and Junction 9 for Redbourne. Slow moving on the A5 heading southbound between Kensworth and Junction 9 for the M1 and the M25 heavy anti-clockwise between Junction 20 at Kings Langley and Junction 16 for the M40. The A41's looking very heavy on the sensors between the turn off and Junction 20 for the M25 and on the trains not seeing any problems or delays Nicola Richards BBC Three Counties Radio <sighs>
2: How are you feeling, Nix?
11: I don't know. I've got sweaty
2: palms. Yeah, I know, and I need to honest. talk to you about that. You've got sweaty pits as well, but that's by the
6: <laughs> by. I don't <laughs> want to jinx this, but I think this is your yeah, year. Yeah, I oh. really think this has been really good today.
8: I've
2: got to say, I love I love the dress, Nix. You've done really well. Yeah, you look, you look you. so magical. And listen, hey, listen. If you don't win, you got through to the final. Not many travel it's, reporters can we say that. It's
6: all political anyway. Yeah. yeah I don't but I win I,
2: I think you're in with a good chance. Got the envelope here.
10: Okay. Oh. Put the pressure.
2: Okay. The Travel Reporter Awards nominees for 2014 are in no particular order. Come
16: on, you can't breathe.
2: Andy McCall, LBC. Oh. For Roadworks on the North Circular. <laughs> Orna Merchant 5 Live. Pile up on the M6. Nicola Richards, oh. BBC Three Counties Radio, Junction 10 of the M1. <gasps> and Ross Kane, Flying Eye, Capital Radio, all traffic in the 80s. And the winner oh. is can't handle this oh my gosh it's andy mccall lbc (laughs) roadworks on the north circular what am i going to do now Ah. so it
11: seems it feels like it's over
2: That was, that was a really, that it? was, what I place? honest. I honestly didn't know that that was going to, I didn't know that Andy had won. Uh, I honestly didn't know that. We I mean, she's
6: got to do another one in 15 minutes. It's well, unless be... we, could
8: we get Andy to do that one? We probably oh, could, actually. He oh.
2: let's, have, let's phone up um, Ferrari, who I'm good mates with, and see if we can get Andy, award winning.
8: We can swap. We can swap. Yeah, yeah
2: let's, let's, let's try and get Andy McCall on, because yeah, to sure. be honest, I don't want, I don't want to lose her on.
8: I mean, the show is award winning. Exactly. We need to keep it up. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Let's, let's, let's. Okay, here's a map. Nicola Who. Show business. Exactly. Nicola Who. 8.47. It is Tuesday the 30th of September. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Bedfordshire's police commissioner says widespread praise for last night's television documentary on the force justifies the decision to let the cameras into Luton Police Station. The National Audit Office has been asked to look into comments made by a councillor on this programme about the Luton to Dunstable busway. And a report has revealed that an elderly man who had Parkinson's disease and dementia died after not receiving Receiving his medication at a care home in Bedford. Coming up, we'll take more of your phone calls on uh, the police documentary and taking parcels in for your neighbours. But before that, here's Georgina with the weather.
17: Beds, hearts, and bucks weather.
7: BBC Three Counties Radio.
17: Hello there, well things are brightening up quite nicely and we've got more sunny spells on the way There are a few showers around today but they're pretty isolated so not everybody will see them and with temperatures reaching 20 degrees Celsius it should be quite a pleasant way to see out September Now tonight, uh, clouds over, we've got some patchy rain pushing eastwards with lows of 13 degrees and tomorrow uh, the further west you are the brighter it should be to start off the day but elsewhere fairly cloudy and we hold on to a lot of cloud for much of the day although it should be feeling a little brighter by the afternoon with temperatures up to 19 degrees Celsius. Now it's looking largely dry on Thursday with just the possibility of a few light showers. Dry and bright by day on Friday but becoming wet and windy through the night. And then on Saturday, a much cooler, fresher feel to the day. That's your latest forecast.
2: My boy's just had his first piano lesson.
16: He's only four and a half. Hmm.
4: Every weekday morning,
16: local opinions. Well, I think it's a very difficult uh, proposition. You really cannot allow your heart to rule your head. Local stories. I wanted to call my house Hardcore Mansions. They refused that on two separate occasions.
23: I wasn't leaving the house through the fear as to what I would
16: find when I came back. Local life. I bought a car within three months. It's... Rusty. They said that the deposit would be forthcoming. It wasn't.
4: The JVS show. Weekdays from 9 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Call 08459 455
2: 555. BBC Three Counties um, Radio. Lots of nonsense in today's show. Re- really a lot when of... Well, you say that. Yeah, um, and I mean it.
6: When you say today's show suggests oh. <laughs> that yesterday's wasn't.
2: Yeah, yeah, a lot of nonsense. Shh, uh, don't tell anyone. The television documentary about the police, Luton Police. Did you watch it last night? What did you think? Ray and, Ray's in and <laughs> Luton. Ray, did you watch it? Hello, my friend. I
18: thought it was very, very good. Very oh, intriguing. So now, yeah, it? I was stuck to it.
2: What was so good about it? Um.
18: I think the way it was put over and the way it was put together, uh, the way you had the prisoners coming in in between. Did you? Do
2: you? Um, has it changed your opinion of the police? Uh, not really, because I was special constable for ten years. Ah, so I've, I've I've seen. So you've 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 been in you've been inside the the, the police. You know some of those situations. Oh, yeah, Did yeah. you do you think it, it portrayed it accurately? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about those people? We had some critics yesterday, Ray, who were worried that, that Luton Police in particular has been involved in... Well, it, it, it's got some dark marks over its its head. Is this a puff piece that's trying to divert our attention? Not really. Ray, thank you very much indeed. Sorry, I was distracted during that because, okay. Catherine, you're smelling uh, your pits. Yeah. <laughs> you actually, actually got your arm up. I'm having a good sniff of no, your I pits. No, I was having a stretch. No, you weren't, mate. You were smelling your pits. Well, I think I might have forgotten one. Oh your roll on this no! It's all right though. I've not got a disco ring. Sweaty Betty. Oh, I have a bit. Oh, mate, the thing is, you are a little bit stinky. <gasps> Peter is on the line. Good morning, Peter. Good morning, Ian. Peace be with you, brother. Oh, thank you, sir. I need that for the next couple of days, so thank you very much indeed. What you got for us? Uh, two things. Uh, today, picture the scene. Yes. Man getting off a, an aircraft. I-, I wonder where that was going.
3: 1939, waving a piece of paper. Yes. Peace for our time.
2: We've all seen that um, image. I have in my hand a piece of paper. Uh, and it all went wrong, didn't it? Neville Chamberlain. Was that That wasn't today, was it? It was today. Hey, today I, and, and, and today in nineteen ninety eight was the, f- the 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 first episode of the eleven o'clock show. You see, it all ties together. It all happens. It all happens. It's, you know, uh, uh, you know, a bungalow is called a bungalow.
3: Yeah, I do. Go yes, um, I have this. This is this is gospel. Um, it oh, was yeah. way back in the twenties, I believe, uh, when uh, Nigel Snodgrass was uh, Here we had, go. A ha- having a house built. It's a magnificent house. It's going to be the business. Here we go. Run out of money, yeah. and uh, after uh, getting up to uh, about 10, 11 foot, he said to the builder,
2: bungalow roof from.
10: Nah. Um,
2: Good times. That, that's the true meaning. Peter, maybe. Peter, I'm, I'm going to have to cut you off. <laughs> <clears throat> Let's go to Fadre 3, and, um... <laughs> sorry? Oh, you
6: supposed ma- she's written it, in,
2: she's, in French for some reason. She's written Fardray. Forgive me, Fadre, I have sinned. Forgive me, Fadri. For, for I have. All something. right, stop now. Justin, Molly, boss. It really is a load of old tosh today. It's all over the shop. I've the I quite show. enjoyed it actually. Well, I know because you're laughing at me. No, not really. <laughs> some so, so great feedback on the programme about loose and police there action There's been some interesting feedback on <laughs> yeah. that, and it's um, sorry, Kath. Stop smelling your pits, love.
6: I've really forgotten one.
2: It's her right one, guys. Wow. Uh, th- now parcels. Mm. This is
8: up against me. I smell nice. Okay. Sorry. Nothing. Nothing.
2: Oh, they're sniffing each other next door. <laughs> some people are paid to watch that, not me. <laughs> Kelly's rubbing up against um, Catherine so that some. I would pay deodorant. to watch that. I'm going to turn the microphones off because it really is thoroughly unpleasant. <laughs> uh, so I am th- I'm disappointed, upset, nay angry that my next door neighbour is now refusing to take any parcels for us. We don't get lots delivered. They've had three, I think, in the last twenty months. Uh, I think this is outrageous behaviour. I think it it, it really is symbolic of the decline of uh, neighbourliness in Britain. I don't
12: get your beef with this. What? I really don't, because I had a situation about two years ago where I had new neighbours that moved into the block of flats, and they went to work all day, and TVs were being delivered, uh, stereos were being delivered, kettles were being delivered. I am not their receptionist. Deliver it to your work. Toasters. I'm having an afternoon snooze. Brevels, yeah.
2: um, cutlery... <laughs> it happened about six times. Microwave. Yeah, exactly. Curtains. Crockery. Washing machine. Yeah.
12: Not quite a washing machine, no. Cruet set. Why is it your neighbour's responsibility fondue, to look after you as your PA?
2: Fondant George Foreman Grill Quite handy Blender no, too messy Juicer Too messy
12: What's your beef mate? I just think why should I? Or because should, you're why, their
2: neighbour. I'm genuinely yeah. I'm
12: furious Justin because why? you're their flipping neighbours mate. No, no, not at all. I think if it's a one off that's absolutely fine, but if, if you Give you a one that, off in a minute. If you want that item so much, you should be there to collect oh, it. Oh
2: mate, that's not how life works. You deliver stuff and they don't always deliver on time or you're not always in or they won't always uh, leave it by right. the door. But, so they go and knock on next door, excuse me, do you mind taking a parcel? Mm. Of course I don't mind. I'm a neighbour. I'm British. It's what we do in this country. It's what separates us hey, from other countries? So you don't do that in France, we don't take neighbours' parcels in France. In Britain, Justin, we do it. It's the British way of life.
12: Alright, ah, so you're too busy. That's having your neighbours all working around you and your schedule. Ian, I've been on the streets this morning. To be fair, the majority of people, of course, they would accept a of parcel. Of course, they would, because they're, they're but, decent people. But I found a couple I'll of people. I'll you in a minute, I won't do that. <laughs> I found a couple of people
2: who would never accept parcels Hang on a for second. their neighbours. Is this package just going to be people who are agreeing with you? Well, I'm not accepting this package. What? I am not accepting this package. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't want to accept any packages from Justin anymore. Mm -hmm. Because why should I I balance Oh, come on, don't be mean. I'm not accepting a package for him. He accepts yours. Only because he has to contractually. Hmm. Do you want to hear
12: it? (sighs) Here's a couple of people who would always say no to parcels on behalf of their neighbours. Take a listen. Sir, you would refuse to take a parcel for a neighbour. Tell us why. Can't trust no one. What do you mean you can't trust anybody? Who can you trust? What, so you don't know what might be in that parcel? No, no, yeah. You... So you always refuse? Depends on the person, really, innit? If you don't know the person, you always refuse? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Nathan, when it comes to parcels being delivered at your front door, it makes you quite angry, doesn't it? Uh, depending on what time in the morning it is or afternoon. I just tell him uh, number eight or something down the road will take it, not me, mate. I'm never in. You confronted your neighbour and said, Enough's enough. Yeah, I told him, You better send it to the other next
24: door neighbour. He said, That's fair enough anymore, so I don't get any more parcels.
12: And it's not because you're grumpy, it's not because you're angry. You're just saying, Look, I work early in the morning, I, I have bad. a nap in the afternoon. No way. No, I don't accept for that. I won't sign for it either. You never know what it is, do you? you? Never get accused of something, could you? Could you get always well, accused of something and getting robbed in something, and you're in the frame, so you just let it be. If they're not in, they're not in. If they're in, flip the it. But not me. So even if they, they've oh. knocked every other door yeah. and you're the last one, you're the only person that could accept it, you still would refuse to sign for it. They've got a doorstep, haven't they? They can't leave it on the doorstep if it's valuable, can mm-hmm. they? They'd better put it the post
2: office then. Can uh, Can you believe that, Cass? Neighbours. Everybody <laughs> needs. Oh, neighbor. I'm not gonna do it. You don't know what it is. What is okay, it? Gonna be a to bomb, something. or a gun, or a stolen VCR? It says Never Amazon
6: know. on it. It could be anything.
2: Oh, flipping it, mate. That is. I think that's absolutely shocking. Mean. Well, it's just a word on the street. No, yeah, no. It's the word that you've censored because no, you spoke no. to loads of people who would take the packages. So I
12: said to people, would you accept the package? Yes, I would. Yeah, great radio. Are
6: you still wearing that monkey suit?
12: Yes, I'm still wearing my monkey onesie. i tweeted a picture. Uh, a lot of people were asking for it, so I tweeted it in the end. But I think I proved to you this morning I can deliver content in a mm. in a creative way and a comfy way wearing a monkey <laughs> I onesie.
2: I don't care if it's comfy. People uh, like
12: it on the streets. Have
2: we got a picture we can put on uh, yes, Facebook? Yes,
12: I've tweeted
2: it so you can retweet my tweet at Justin Dealy. Thank you very much, Just. Excellent stuff um, from the other members of the team. Yours was, was barely adequate. Ah, that breaks my heart, Catherine.
6: One well, man in a onesie, yes,
2: <laughs> yeah, something like that. Well, we've uh, ditched Travel Loser, Nicola Richards. I'm very excited to announce. We, have we got? Have we got Andy McCall the the winner?
6: He's really busy now. Oh, it's been a rush on Andy McCall. So who's
2: doing the travel now then?
6: Well, we're just going to keep it for the time being.
2: Oh, you're joking. But
6: I'm working on it. I'm in negotiations with his agent.
2: Okay. well, uh, we tried to get Andy McColl, the uh, the award-winning travel presenter. We couldn't... Sorry, it's just Nicola. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs.
11: BBC Three Counties Radio. Keep
2: it well, quick, love. Starting off Don't the much
11: M1, time. heading southbound rather heavy, between Junction 11 at Dunstable Road and Junction 9 uh. for Redbourne. The M25, very slow, between Junction 18 at Chorleywood and Junction 16 for the M40. Sh- speed
2: it up a little and bit, please, my darling. It, we're running bypass, out of
11: time. Licking heavy on camera yep. through Sterling Corner okay. and Mill Hill Circuit. about it
2: now. Nicola Richards. Yeah, we BBC go. Thank two. you very much indeed. Who? Yeah, I'm, I'm so sorry, guys. I'm really sorry. I, yeah. That's it. That's your lot. JVS is up next. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you, Just. Until tomorrow at six from us. Ta ta.
4: And vocal across beds, hearts, and bucks.
7: This is BBC Three Counties
5: Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS show. I'm Jonathan Vernon Smith. It's Tuesday. It's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone in, is it hard to keep
10: children's teeth healthy? Public Health England has revealed that more than one.